When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three, two, one. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live. We live on YouTube. We live on Facebook. And, of course, I am your host, Will. Skywalker still. Woo! Training camp is picking up, y'all. Pass came on. They got the squabbling out there. They got the squabbling. It's the first day of pad week. We are going to review how that went down from top to bottom. We'll also probably dive into some practice notes across the interwebs plus we got a special guest calling in later today another cowboys beat reporter now who will be joining us talking about the dallas cowboys training camp what they saw down there what they're thinking how their off season's going so again like i said we're pretty much jam-packed from monday to possibly friday of guests that would be joining the cowboys to be talking about training camp and other things i have another special one coming up tomorrow and then on Friday, it will be kind of a different take uh, with our guests. So jam-packed, y'all. Y'all need to stay tuned, stay locked, keep it locked here. And if you are, that means you're part of the Bomb Squad, man. Bomb Squad! Yes, indeedy. Now that we've said hello, let's get down to business. Let's get down to business, Cowboys Nation. A lot went down yesterday. Uh, at training camp, the offense, as you can see in the chat here, caught some fire. They're catching some fire, right? But at the same time, Michael Parsons was dominating some dudes, specifically our guy, Tyron Smith, who gave him a nice little hump club move. We'll get into that a little bit later as well. And defensive line started to get, get some momentum. But the offense is, is finding its way pretty early in camp, which usually over the last few years, it, it took some time for the offense to get going. So I'm excited about that. And uh, we'll get a kicking update here in the roundup. We'll also get a injury update. And, of course, we have to shift our focus to that running back room, which we're going to do at this very moment once we get out of that roundup. So let's head into the roundup, get out, and get down to business. It's time! It's time! It's time! Time. It is time for it's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Let me talk to you. Woo! Fired up today, man. I'm fired up. Let me talk to you for a quick second here. We finally, finally got an update on these kickers. So what was going on apparently? over the first week is that they've been doing the kicking situation kind of behind the scenes. Um, I remember when I had to pass last year, I went down for the media day and I had to get down there earlier 
and I noticed the kickers were out there before anyone. Nobody was out there, but the kickers doing things. I wonder if that was the case uh, leading up to pad week. They wanted to wait to kind of get these guys kicking in public. But now the competition has taken public stage and we got some kicking updates, some kicking statistics. So here's what happened in kind of just the kickoff that they were doing prior to the mojo moments and the team moments. Brandon Aubrey and Tristan Vizcaino exchanged their first turn-based field goals in kicking competition. This comes from, I believe, Michael Gelkin. Seven attempts each, both made five. Vizcaino missed from wide left and then very wide left from 45. Uh, Aubrey missed wide left from 43 and 45. So five for seven, couple misses. Eh. Then the mojo moments came. And if you're not familiar with the mojo moments, it's it's very fun thing to kind of watch in person. Just randomly out of nowhere. They'll blow the whistle. They'll get on the speak. Mojo moment, right? And then everybody gets to their spot. And this year, the mojo moment or yesterday, the mojo moment was about the kickers. The kickers would kick from 38, 44, and 48 yards. And they made them all. Each kicker had three apiece and they all made every kick. Now, I'd imagine... They're going to push this back a little bit further uh, today and keep going because one thing I know about Bones Fossil is that he likes to have a guy that has a strong leg. So I think they want to see how strong these guys' legs are. If not, we could be looking to bring someone else in. So we'll keep our eye, eyes out on that. But three for three in the mojo moments. So far, so good. Not so good news. Bit of an injury update. Yesterday, Sam Williams... Uh, left practice early, and this is what happened. He was speaking to head athletic trainer Jim Maurer, and then he just walked off with the director of team security, Cable Johnson. That comes from Gelkin as well. But then it came out that it was a shoulder injury that kept him out. And the severity at this moment is not known. However, there is some optimism. So we maybe we'll hear something today uh, when Mike McCarthy speaks. If there's a presser today, he'll give us an update, but... Uh, as we saw yesterday, you know, he doesn't really have to tell us everything at the presser. And he, he did that to the Cowboys uh, media yesterday. However, this is an injury update to one of your better players, one of your better young players. So it'd be nice to know if he's going to be all right moving forward. If it's a minor strain, possibly a week or so. If it's a mild strain, you may be looking, you know, multiple weeks. If it's a severe strain, you're looking at months. So we're hoping for the for something minor. One thing that to me, at least, it feels like McCarthy has done a good job with over the years is kind of monitoring these injuries and getting the Cowboys through the season, off season, as healthy as possible, given, you know, some freak incident, right? Like you can't, when Tyron pulled his bone off his, mu- or his muscle off his bone, you couldn't do nothing about that. But he, they've done a good job monitoring these guys. Uh, Doris Armstrong, another guy who did not practice, had a hamstring issue. It is deemed not serious. But again, something to monitor Uh, these hamstrings, these calves, these things are going to pop up, you know, at the beginning of training camp, given the, you know, three to four week time frame, they were off. We don't know what these guys were doing beforehand, even if they were, you know, working out and whatnot. It's just different when you're out here doing these football things. So, you know, in, in team drills and whatnot. So Sam Williams suffered a shoulder injury. We'll keep an eye on that. Dorrance Armstrong was out. Trayvon Diggs remains to do limited uh, things with the toe. He He's doing one-on-ones, but when they get to team drills or team things, he's on the sideline. So that's your injury update 
for right now. The biggest news to come out of camp yesterday, however, was the suspension of Ronald Jones. This is what happened. Ronald Jones from from this is from NFL. Two game suspension, suspected PED use. Uh, I'm not sure. I saw a tweet go out, but look, some of these accounts, I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know how to trust them, so I don't like to really go that far. But uh, possibly the team is going to look into it. Ronald Jones apparently said, you know, he didn't knowingly take anything. You know, they all say that, right? But hopefully for Ronald Jones and his future, you know, he didn't and he'll be good to go. But right now he's out for a two game suspension. However, he'll be able to practice in camp and play in preseason. So here's the thing. Ronald Jones was already a guy that was going to have to go off, right? He was going to have to show out at camp and show out in preseason. Running backs at camp, it's tough to really see it. Preseason is really where you get a chance to get a feel for these backs in game. Here's a problem, though. Ronald Jones is going to have to be damn near Emmett Smith in preseason games. Because when you know you got a two-game suspension coming down to Pike, you it's almost, in my opinion, I'm not keeping that guy if it's a guy like Ronald Jones. Right? You're talking about a down roster guy in general, right? At a position where you're not phased if a Ronald Jones isn't on the team, especially when you got other young backs that are have shown last year in Malik Davis to be able to step up a Deuce Vaughn, a guy that we all love in Deuce Vaughn. And it's a position where it's it's interchangeable fairly easy. So, I mean, look, Rojo, you had an uphill battle. You, you, you had something to you, but if you got a two-game suspension looming, looming over your head, I, I don't really see the need to carry him on the roster. Look, I'll, let, I'll, I'll keep him on the roster for preseason. Keep him on the roster for camp. You need the bodies, right? You don't, you don't want Tony Pollard's and... and Anybody else that you may deem, maybe it's Malik Davis or Rico or Deuce, whoever is going to be that guy to get a lot of touches to, to get all those touches so you keep him around, you let them you know, bang with each other, and there's that. But when it comes to making this team, two-game suspension, you got to go, man. You got to go. So that kind of brings us to the running back room in general. Let's revisit this running back room, Cowboys Nation, and kind of pick up to where we did our state of the unit a while ago behind Tony Pollard. Let's just be honest. There's, there's a bunch of question marks, right? Like there's a bunch of question marks at the position. And I said this a while ago, I understand if people are concerned, if people are nervous about this position, right? I understand that, but it is the running back. You do have, a, I think, a really good passing game. It's going to be up to your offensive line and then the play calling or scheme. I think that could bring out these specific skills in these guys. What are we pausing now? What happened? Yeah, you're killing me with this pause. I can't talk football no more. Uh, <laughs> where was I here? Oh, so behind Tony Pollard, you got Malik Davis, Deuce Vaughn, Rico Dowdle, and then obviously Ronald Jones is out. Let's go down this list quick. Malik Davis making that second year jump according to Mike McCarthy. And we'll, and look, we'll, we'll, we got a quote here from Mike that we'll get to here in a second that shines light on all these young guys. But he's making that second year jump. He's a guy that showed flashes last year. And I think 
we've all said this. We were just dumbfounded. And I don't think I'll ever not be dumbfounded why he wasn't involved more and why he didn't get a shot in the playoffs. But water under the bridge. What It is what it is, man. Malik Davis deserves a shot to try to get that RB2 spot, which is not much in front of him, right? So he should be a guy that should be vying for that. Deuce Vaughn is involved a lot. I feel like every time I'm seeing the offense out there, Deuce Vaughn is out there doing something. Now, again, his training camp is just his video footage is, you know, coming out. But there is a real emphasis on getting him involved. And that's not just coming from me. That's coming from the head honcho. And we'll have more on that later. But it's Rico Dowdle. Rico Dowdle, who got the big headline, the big endorsement from Mike McCarthy yesterday. He basically said Rico is, is, is the guy that he's like, man, look, I'm telling you, man, Rico is who I'm really, really excited about. Here's the here's thing about Rico. If my computer wants to work, see, this is why I need a new one. Here's the thing about Rico. He's the most frustrating guy on this list. Yeah. He's the most frustrating guy on this list. And let me tell you why. Every damn offseason, he really does stand out at camp. Every damn offseason, he really does do really well in preseason. I get excited. I'm like, man, I love this dude's playing style. He's he's a downhill runner, tough nose, rugged. You get you get amped a bit. And then every damn offseason or right at the beginning of the season, he gets hurt. That's the thing with Rico. Is can you trust Rico? But let me get to this quote from Mike McCarthy before we continue in on, on Rico. He said here, I'm telling you, I'm loving Rico. It's great having him back. Malik has taken that jump that you're looking for. Those two guys really jump out. If you guys remember last year, it was Rico Dowdle who made the team over Malik Davis, and then he gets hurt. And then Malik Davis comes in, and he takes advantage of it. Then he says, obviously, we've got to get Deuce involved. I think that's important. Anytime you're doing your installs and getting ready for the season, and then you go through the draft, he's a guy that was on my mind during the summer. I wonder how much, like that quote right there, the bottom part at the very least, really should be talked about more when we're talking about Deuce Vaughn. Um, maybe we'll see how, how that plays out. But the fact that he said, obviously we've got to get Deuce involved. That means like, Hey, look, he got a skill set that we cannot ignore. We're going to obviously get him involved here. And then he said, I think it's important. Anytime they were thinking about installs, thinking about getting ready for the season, Deuce Vaughn is on his mind. So I'm going to ask y'all this. I was thinking about this. As it stands right now, and we're projecting Ronald Jones not on this team for for real now, right? The two-game suspension kind of just stamps his his case here. He already had to fight an uphill battle. But here's my question to you. If they carry four, because here's what I believe. If if Rico is the guy, right? If Rico is the guy, we're not counting Hunter Lipke. I I know he he can be involved in this, but he can also be involved in that tight end room. Just hear me out here. If Rico... Once again, goes to preseason training camp, does well, doesn't get hurt. Hopefully, didn't get hurt at all. But and and, and it ends up it ends up being like last year, where he was healthy going into the season, just got hurt in the season. Do you carry four running backs? Because I feel like you have to if Rico Dowdle is 
one of your guys because I don't trust the health of Rico, right? So if I'm going four, here's how I got it. Tony Pollard, your feature back. And we're just talking about guys on the team. There's guys out there in free agency that you can sign. But Tony Pollard, your feature back. I've got Malik and Rico spelling him and sharing that backup role. So instead of a one-two punch per se, you got TP's your guy. He's going to get the 15, 18, 19 touches a game. And then you got Rico and Malik who kind of spell him. And, and they're more of that downhill, uh, hard cut type of runner. But then you got Deuce as your satellite back with the weekly packages. With Malik and Rico, I don't think you're going to need a bunch of packages. But with Deuce, you're going to need some packages because his skill set is just too damn good. So if they go four, that's kind of how I see it. TP feature back, Malik and Rico kind of sharing that backup role per se. And then Deuce Vaughn as your satellite weekly package guy. Now, that might run you into some problems, right? Do you carry four backs on game day? They don't normally do that. So the, it could be a, it could be something like last year where, okay, we got to try to sneak one of these dudes on a practice squad. Maybe this year it's Rico and not Malik because teams might be afraid of the injury situation. Last year it was Malik. They cut him. He made it through. No one thought it would. And he, he got stashed on the practice squad and he was needed. So, it is an interesting situation now. The running back room will be taking center stage because of what happened with the suspension. But nothing really changes, in my opinion, with the Ronald Jones suspension. It just takes a guy out of that room to start the season if he were even make it in the room. But we all believed it was going to be an uphill battle for everybody. Not say uphill battle, but it was going to be a competition for everybody behind a Tony Pollard. So with all that said, Cowboys Nation, We've got our special guest coming in on the horn right now. And it is one Jess Navarez of Pro Football Talk and Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Welcome her in Bomb Squad. What's up, Jess? Hey, what is up? Oh, my goodness. This is so cool. I have never (laughs) been on your show, and I feel so honored. Oh, my goodness. Hi. Well, don't make me blush now. We we just talking ball. We just we just chilling. But now I appreciate that. Just uh, actually, you're the one that needs to get a lot of the flowers right now between you and the girls talk, boys talk cast who are transcending DallasCowboys.com. And then your new gig here with Pro Football Talk, where you are the beat writer, man. You are on top of it, and congratulations to all your success. Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. It has been such a whirlwind uh, of a career so far, considering I always wanted to be in this position, but I started doing morning weather, right? So when I look back at the entire progression of my career, it's almost a very pinch me moment. But no, PFN has been amazing to me. They've been very healthy for me. They've been very supportive of me, which, you know, when looking for a workspace, it's it's so vital that you're happy in your work environment because it really shows in your work. And so I think that's kind of a product of what you're seeing with my stories right now. Um, And then with girls talk, boys talk, working with the girls have just been, it's so amazing working with Aisha Haley. And then we have Christy that comes in the mix sometimes. So I'm just really blessed to do this every day. And you know what, now that it's camp season, there's a lot to talk about. A whole lot to talk about, Jess. And we let's pick it up right where we just left off with the the running back room. I don't know if you caught some of that there when you came in on the line, but the suspension yeah. came down right with Ronald Jones. He's going to be out.
for two games if he, if he makes the team. There's a chance he doesn't even make the team, right? But what were your thoughts when you were out there? You know, what did you gather from a lot of these guys? Whatever you could gather, right? Because you can't do too much. There's no tackling yeah. or anything like that. But what were your thoughts overall from the guys not named Tony Pollard? Yeah, yeah you know, it, the first day when, when we were there was the first day of camp, right? So where it was really the first time we were going to see Tony Pollard take the field. And that was really cool to see. But then shortly behind him, you see Deuce Vaughn just being speedy and shifty. And then Rico Dowdle just continues to impress. But um, Malik Davis, I mean, to be honest, I, I agree with what you said, that it doesn't really impact the room. It just takes out one less competitor for that spot. Because Rojo had some glimmers uh, of, you know, speed and and especially his takeoff, but what I really have been focused on specifically with this running back competition is, you know, who can really go in there and make the immediate impact. And it's still to be determined because every single day I feel like one of the new guys has a good day. You know what I mean? So it hasn't been anything that really stood out to me. There hasn't been one person. They all were – they're really picking up their weight to compete for their spot. But, you know, I'm a little impartial to Rico Dowdle because during the offseason I caught up with him, and he's a guy that even last season I would talk to a lot in the locker room, asking how he felt and, you know, what what his mind was going through. And so um, in the offseason I caught up with him, and he said that he feels this new research of energy because, you know, this is the first time he has really this big opportunity to go in without Zeke there. And, and he said, you know, it's really no shade to Zeke or anything like that. It's just this is an opportunity, and it feels different for him. And then he really gave his praise to Schottenheimer, and he said what a good di- what a good guy Shotty is to work under. So, mm. um, you know, I think a lot of these factor into that. But, again, you mentioned the health factor. Can yes. he stay healthy? He was talking about his off season and and how great he felt. He said he's never felt better, and that he felt uh, he found a really good off season regimen for him. So um, I I wouldn't count him out, but I also think there's just so much competition in that room right it now is. that uh, without seeing more padded practices, we won't really know. That, that's the thing, right, Jess? Is that with the running backs, they they can't get tackled. So at camp, anytime they touch the ball, most of them are really going to be able to take it quote-unquote, to the house. They're able to make big runs because they can't take them to the ground, and they're told to, right? You you run it all the way out, right? So you'll see a guy like Deuce Vaughn show off his shiftiness, or like you said, Ronald Jones may show off his initial explosion or whatnot. But it was always, to me, going to come down to training camp, and that's where a guy like Rico Dowdle, really, or not training camp, preseason, and that's where a guy like Rico Dowdle really showed off the last two years and, and beat out guys like Malik Davis in those before him. So I didn't realize you actually talked to him and got a chance to get inside his head, but you know, I'm, I'm rooting oh, yeah. hard for him. I really am just, I I'm just honest. I can't fake the funk. I say this all the time on the show. I can't fake the funk. I am nervous about if, if they roll with him and only want to roll with three, trusting him to be that RB two full time because of the injury situation. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing, Tony Pollard looked great at camp, right? I, I was really surprised at how much, he was able to do because even during OTAs and minicamp, he wasn't participating. So we didn't get to see him media wise until training camp. And so I was a little nervous. Like how is Tony Pollard realistically going to come back from this injury, though it's not a nagging injury or anything like that. You get nervous for a running back with a leg injury. I mean, you just do that. He needs his leg obviously to be a running back. Um, But I think 
you also have to put in question this ramp-up phase, right? Because we know Mike McCarthy likes to ramp up his players come injury time, and I appreciate the heck out of that because it's so respectable. He's not just throwing them back in the fire. So how long is this ramp-up phase going to really, you know, go into play for TP? Because you also have to think, the starters didn't have any preseason games last year. I don't Mm -hmm. see that changing this year again. So how long is this ramp-up phase? How much power are you really going to need behind him while he does that ramp-up phase? Because that's kind of another layer to this entire situation. Again, I don't think it's going to be an issue. I think Tony Pollard's on track to, you know, week one be Tony Pollard again. But I also think, you know, when you're missing a guy like Zeke and you have to fill in that spot and that missing gap now, especially when it comes to the pass pro and the blocking aspect and the physical guy that Zeke was, especially in the red zone, you have to get a guy that's going to step up. And so whoever it is, whether it's Malik or Deuce, Hunter uh, or Rico, I I think they're, they're really going to have to fill in those gaps. And when I talked to Rico, he had said that, he wants to be that physical guy that Zeke was. So, um, yeah, I'm rooting for all of them. It's a really yeah. good competition room. And the physical part is definitely his game. He, I think he's the most physical of, of the, you know, Malik Davis, Deuce Vaughn, Rico Dowdle situation. I think he'd be the most physical. Uh, let, me, let me turn yeah. the page quick here, Jess, to the wide receiver room. Because I think a, a battle that is living up to the hype is that wide receiver battle behind the top three guys in C.D. Lamb, Cooks, and Michael Gallup, right? They're, they're, they are, it seems like every day there's a different guy that's standing out. At first, Semi Fehoko was, was having the most trouble, right? He dropped the ball in practice one, and then after that, he seems to put together a string of good practices. Jalen, all the Jalens, Jalen Tobert, second-year jump. You're <laughs> loving to hear him, right? Jalen Moreno-Cropper. He's making plays out there early in camp. Jalen Brooks is now a guy who was quietly, quietly doing all the right uh-huh. things. And then Kevontae Turpin is getting involved out there as well. This wide receiver four battle is fun. Oh, yeah, it is. And it's just as fun to watch in camp. Let me tell you, it is so fun to watch. And, you know, you, you started with Semi. And the thing I like about Semi is that he didn't let that first day yeah. bring him down, right? He didn't put it in his head, and he's not living off of that moment. It's, all right, pick myself back up and let's keep going. And for me, that's the kind of guy I want to see more of. It's somebody that's not going to get in his head, especially day one with something like that, with, with the bounce-off ball to the interception. But I think Semi's a guy you don't count out either. I, I mean, he gets lost in the mix because it's such a stacked room, but he is absolutely – he's putting in the work, right? And and this is the same thing I said about Jalen Tolbert, too, is you see these guys putting in the work with Dak in the offseason, making it a priority, especially, you know, they they have such a limited time off of their job, and they're still choosing to go and make this initiative to make this connection with Dak. And, you know, I had talked to Semi um, a while back, and Semi had just said, you know, there's something special about working with Dak in the Dak yard. Because it's not just like we're going out on a random high school football field. We're at his house. And it's something just that it connects you more. It's more personal. And, um, you know, for for both Jalen Tolbert and Semi Fioco to get those reps has been really awesome to see, really. Their their work is paying off. As for Jalen, he's somebody that, you know, I saw last year in the locker room and he was sitting there – 
just really watching everything when when he was in the middle of his funk, and, and that's what we'll call it because that's not who he is. I think Jalen Tolbert is so much more than what we've seen because we really just haven't seen a lot. And I remember we just we would have conversations about, you know, where his mind was, how he was doing, and it's so incredibly cool to see where he is now after this offseason yeah. and after all the work he's put in. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I'm so glad Dak Prescott is his guy. I am so glad because Dak was not going to let Jalen sit there and, you know, do this by himself and come out of this funk. And he just, he really, his work ethic speaks for itself. He looks like a starting wide receiver. I mean, you see him at camp and you're like, that guy's a starting wide receiver. You just, he's on a different level. And it's really, I'm so excited for him. Uh, Kevontae Turpin, I'm not shocked. I am not shocked. Uh, this guy, I, again, Turp's somebody that I talked to a lot last season as well, and um, his body was tired. I mean, this guy had been going nonstop for two years, football, 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 and everybody needs a bit of an off season, a bit of a break, right? But I, I think with Turp, he knew how good – this rest was going to be for him because what he could come back and be and what you're seeing glimpses of, because again, he hasn't been there the whole time he had uh, to welcome his little baby girl. So congrats yeah. to Terp on that. But uh, you're seeing glimpses of what Terp's been planning this entire time. And so um, I think it's really cool to see him come in at the right time, because it's hard to say that you would see this version of Kevante Turpin under, you know, the scheme that just was a little, a little too much for everybody last year. So I think what you're seeing is everything's clicking for everybody. Yes. Um, yeah, you have the younger guys. You have all the Jalens. We didn't realize how many Jalens there were until we're like, did you see Jalen? Oh, which one? <laughs> like, there's so many Jalens. But really, really, I, I don't think there's a wrong path you can take for that wide receiver four spot at this point. There are so many guys that bring so many things, and Dak Prescott is really high on – you know, look, even if you don't make that position, I'm going to need you at some point, whether we pull you up from practice squad or you're my third down guy, I'm going to need you. And so to see the initiative taken to connect with all these guys is just, again, something that I think a lot of people take Dak Prescott for. for they take it for granted because how many other quarterbacks do you see doing what Dak is doing around the NFL? And uh, it's really it's paying off, and you're just seeing the, the beginning of it. You mentioned something earlier about the young wide receivers uh, kind of getting it this year because it's easier. I, I think about a guy like Jalen Brooks, right, a seventh-round pick who has come in and he, he's impressed in this offense. And think about last year with guys like Tobert where it was difficult for him. I think that's a testament to Schottenheimer, McCarthy, Dak, and, and the receivers, right, and the receivers getting on the same page yeah. with them in the offseason and working. Uh, months ago, when we decided to move o- over from – Cullen Moore to Mike McCarthy in this West Coast, a lot of us were saying this system is going to help these young wide receivers. The 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 veterans will be the veterans, but these young wide receivers is gonna we're gonna need somebody to take that uh who was it do said Cedric Wilson type of leap, maybe in their second or yeah. third year. And having this offense be able to be easier for those guys, I think we will be able to see one of them do that, whether it be the Jalen Tobert's or Semis or I mean, I don't know if Brooks is going to do it early in his career, but uh, Turpin or whatnot. So I think that's something that we have to keep in mind when we're talking about these young guys is 
this scheme is going to make it easier for them. So it shouldn't surprise us if one of them gets called upon during a regular season and they show out because they got the talent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think with that, too, when I was talking to Dak about it, that was about semi when he said that he's on a Cedric Wilson kind of career path right now. And the parallels are there. I mean, you deep dive into kind of where Cedric was before he took his jump and what he even did in his offseason, right, which was working with Dak to make sure that jump was taken. Um, Dak told me that specifically about Semi. And so um, that was during OTAs, and that was right before camp uh, or before their break before camp. So, you know, then during that time, guess what they did? They got more connection time in, uh, did some work in the Dak yard. And, again, I, I think this room is so stacked. There's not a wrong answer, no matter how you take it. There's so much talent, and that's a good problem to have. We didn't we didn't think we'd have this problem pre-Brandon Cook signing. We really didn't think we would have this problem, right? But um, I, I also want to give kudos to Brandon Cooks and the immediate impact he's made going in there for these young guys. They will all tell you just straight up how much Brandon Cooks and, and his advice and his leadership has really helped them even just in the short period of time he's been here. I want to talk to you about some of these other – uh, young guys, because a lot of us are excited about some of the, the grass is greener type guys, the dudes we haven't seen. John Stevens Jr., the Hunter Lipkes of the world, the TJ Basses. You were out there when John Stevens Jr. had that that big catch uh, last week. And apparently with Schoolmaker out, he's getting some tight end three-ish looks with McEwen. I think yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, no, and I think I'm so glad you mentioned Sean McEwen too. I, I think no matter what, the young talent in in this in this room right now, it's just incredible to watch. Because, look, even if these guys don't end up making the final 53, which it's not projected that they do, right, and, I, and that's as of right now, because when it comes to training camp, things can change day by day. And, and we say that because it's just the, the reality of how training camp works. But – you know, when, when you're seeing these young guys take initiative, and, and I'm not talking even during the play. I'm talking after the play, talking to the tight end, the, the veteran tight end next to them, whether that's Sean or Peyton or even Jake Ferguson, right, and taking that initiative, that's what I look for too. You know, it's, it's one thing to, to have a great play and a great catch and getting those reps in, but it's another thing to go and you see them take the initiative to get better even after they had a good play. And I think that's kind of um, a product of what you're seeing now. So, yeah, I, I think it's really cool. I'm glad you mentioned Sean because he does not get enough kudos. And I was so happy yeah, that Schottenheimer I like Sean. mentioned that. Oh, man, I was like, thank you, Schottenheimer. Thank you. Um, no, I, I think Sean McEwen, he's getting a lot of attention at camp. And he's having a really good camp so far. So um, don't count him out either because, again, I think this this uh, horseman kind of room is, is going to transition into four horsemen. I don't think it's, it's three. I think it's more looking like four at this point because he he's making it known that he still wants a spot despite, you know, um, Schoonmaker being in the mix as well. So um, Schoon, also a guy that – it's really cool to see um, what he does, even though he's not allowed to really be in and taking the full reps and getting full practice because of that injury on his foot, which I don't know yeah. if y'all have done the research on this injury, what a nagging injury this is. Um, it's something he's dealt with since college. And 
you know, it's cool to see him get the mental reps and take that initiative. You see them all lined up, and he's lining up kind of on the side doing what he can. So it's really cool to see him building that nuance as well. But I talked to him, and this was a story I was really excited to do uh, with PFN because during the draft, post-draft, his first media interview, he had mentioned how he wanted to reach out to Jason Witten. And he had talked about how, you know, he grew up kind of a gronk guy, but that he was doing his research. And obviously the first person when you research Cowboys tight ends who's going to come up was uh, Jason Witten. And so I, I finally got to ask him at camp the last day I was there. I said, hey, by the way, what did he tell you? And Goon said that Jason, by name, name dropped, take advantage of your leaders that you have on this team, Jack mm-hmm. Prescott and Zach Martin. Take advantage of every opportunity they give you, anything they tell you, and soak it in. Um, something that he mentioned, too, was, you know, just the balancing act of everything that made Jason Witten such a great teammate and asset on and off the field, right? So it was really cool to see him, like, picking the brain of Jason Witten and trying to already set the bar that high for himself um, he said it's just a matter of me getting back on the field, basically, at this point. So um, I'm excited to see him, too. Yes, that that pick is a, is a controversial one we've talked about a lot here on the show. It's it's very unfortunate with, with the injury. We hope he gets better and he's been able to contribute some way. But I'm starting to think that might not be early in his career, at least in year one, because tight ends is tough. It's tough to get on, you know, tough to contribute yeah. like that. And when you're behind – um, with an injury, it could be real tough, especially when a guy like Jake Ferguson, who's having a good camp, and they, and they like Peyton Hendershot and, and Sean McEwen. Those three, to me, are the, are the three at the moment. Schoolmaker, uh, once he comes back, he'll definitely have something to say about it, though. Yeah, no, I think, uh, again, I think we're also seeing kind of a new transition of the tight end room with the Cowboys. And when we started to see that last year, but I think uh, they'll – figure out a way to, to get him in there if he's healthy. So, uh, again, we haven't really gotten to see him at full force, but we won't know until we do. So, one of those tricky situations, but, I'm yeah, I'm really high on this tight end room and just the young talent, the potential it has, not just for this season, but really going on as well. Let's flip the page to the defensive room. You wrote your latest article. You said uh, – and let me turn this off. Your latest article was – Dallas Cowboys training camp practice report defensive weapons show why they could be elite. Well, I could just give you one one name why they could be elite, right? Michael Parsons oh, yesterday yeah. was fed. <laughs> I was gonna say you see him on the cover photo right there. Who do you think I'm talking about? <laughs> oh my god, he dominated the entire defensive line. Right tackle, left tackle, Terrence Steele, uh, Tyron Smith. Didn't matter who you put out in front of him, man. And then guys like you know uh, D Law joined the party and whatnot. So. This defense, I agree. I think it can be elite. But what was your the basis of your article without giving it too far away? You want people to go click on it, but tease it so people can go click on that thing. One, two words, Micah Parsons. Yeah. That's really – look, here's the thing. is Micah made some very big, big and bold statements in his press conference, right, talking about going into the deep water and wanting to take his team to an island and – I, I loved it. I, I soaked in every minute of it, and it was it was one of those things and, and those moments so far in my career that I'm going to look back and always remember that Micah Parsons press conference because you just know when somebody is, is just dead serious about what they're saying, right? Like you can spot out 
when a player is being just so genuine and every press conference that, you know, I, I took part in while I was there, everybody's been so genuine in what they're saying because they believe in it and they believe in what they're saying. So for Micah Parsons to go out and say, look, I focus, I focus on my weakness and all the weaknesses I do have this off season, And that's why I'm picking brains of just even offensive linemen and like Andrew Whitworth, big example there to really hone in why, how I can get better. Um, and it's hard to imagine a world where Michael Parsons can get even better. Um, but there is a world because he's showing you that. And it's absolutely insane. He knocked down Tyron Smith like it was nothing. Just Man. absolutely nothing to him. Um, and Aisha Morrison, when, when we were on Girls Talk, Boys Talk yesterday, she made a good point in saying if this O-line can hold up against you know this defense, they're not in too bad of shape. And I think when you have somebody like Micah Parsons that is not only making your defensive players better, but also your O-line that needs to be shored up, if, if he is doing what he can to make sure that they're at the best of their game, you're getting the best of both worlds there. And, yes, that was a Hannah Montana reference because I see Professor oh O in the God. comments <laughs> uh, making the Lizzie McGuire references, and I love it so much. I was wondering <laughs> why they – well, I was wondering what that was about. Hashtag <laughs> Ask Lizzie. Is it because you yeah, – is, is he saying you look like Lizzie McGuire? You know, that's kind of how it started on Twitter. We were talking about uh, I see like a little celebrity bit. lookalike. Yeah, everyone says I look like Hillary Duff. And growing oh, up, it the... was always like Lizzie McGuire, yeah. all of that. And so we just run with it now. So anytime I hear uh, any kind of Lizzie McGuire or Hillary Duff song, I'll, I'll tweet Professor O with that because it's hilarious. Okay. And uh, I love hashtag Ask Lizzie. Can we just keep that? Let's I was, I was thing. quite so I literally about to say, Jess, every time you come on my show now, when, when, when the, the chat wants to ask a question, I'm going to just put in it. Hashtag Ask Lizzie. <laughs> I do have a couple questions. I do have a couple questions. Some people. Yeah. Uh, Miss Jackie said, uh, please ask her about Marquise Bell and Isaiah Land. How are they looking? Mm. Okay. Yeah. So Marquise Bell, you know, when everything happened with Dono um, that first day, he was the first one that got right back in and, and started taking the reps. And it was something that, you know, obviously I saw when, when Dono went to the tent and, and all of that. But then I also didn't feel a drop off from Marquis Bell being in the position where he was with with um, with even just J-Ron next to him, I didn't feel a drop-off. And so if that tells you where he's at, that tells you it's a good thing. If you're not feeling a drop-off from Donovan Wilson not being on the field um, and, and him really stepping up. And then Isaiah Land, I didn't get to see a lot of him. Um, I'm going to be very honest, I didn't get to see a lot of him. But what I did see, maybe the couple of reps that I saw that he was in there, um, he didn't look he didn't look bad. He looked good. Um, I think he's somebody that Dan Quinn can really work with and bring the best out of like we've seen many, many times at this point. Um, but yeah, I think Marquise Bell is not a name to forget when you're trying to project this roster. I wouldn't leave him out of there. Oh no. He looked great and and, and he he's ready for that jump. You can just see it. Yeah, I think it would take uh, Wanye Thomas or, or somebody, Tyler Coyle, to go crazy. Because I think yeah. your, your safeties yeah. are set. I think you got your big three, and then you got Bell, and you got Izzy. Who, who, ironically, he's out right now, along with Donovan Wilson. So it's, it is time for mm-hmm. one of these guys to step up for him here. 
So yep. if, if you guys get any more before we, we let Lizzie McGuire go here, a.k.a. Jess Navarez from <laughs> Far Ends, from Pro Football Talk. Hey, look, look. Okay, so I wasn't going to, I didn't want to interrupt you. But anytime you bring up Aisha, I have to press this button. So now, anytime you come on the show, you are going to have your own music as well. And it's going to be the Lizzie McGuire song. So exciting. No, look, I love that. I'm all for it. Even Aisha started in on this because, you know, we see each other every day for Girls Talk, Boys Talk, and we'll be out there. Um, <laughs> and she goes, you look very Lizzie McGuire today. And she'll just, that's her thing, is she will tell me I look like Lizzie McGuire all the time. And it's just really funny. And she always tells me I have to do that, the video where it's like, I'm Jess Navarez, and you're watching <laughs> Girls Talk, Boys Talk, and kind of do that whole thing. So the, Oh, the Disney so thing. The thing where they where they, yep. uh, they got the little, yeah. they got the little magic stick. And, 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 yep. and, okay, yep. okay. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, so we're, we're going we're gonna to figure that out at some point because I used to just, I feel like she'd be very proud of me bringing that up. <laughs> Indeed. All right, well, I don't see too many of them, other questions coming in here, Jess. Look, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Uh, I know you probably was doing some traveling over the weekend from, from camp and whatnot. You're still putting out articles. I clicked on your PFN profile. You've done 31 articles there already? Yeah, and I only started me, two weeks ago yesterday. Uh-huh. Hey, look, Two keep, weeks ago keep the pressure on them, Jess. Keep the pressure on them, man. <laughs> all, all you girls on the Girls Talk, Boys Talk, like I said, I feel like you're transcending dot com with what you're doing and we are taking notice so and we appreciate it and look this definitely can't be the last time you're here all right oh yeah let them know where look, they can find you by I'm the way oh yeah i'm always here if you want to talk you already know uh i would love to do this again especially if we're talking some lizzie mcguire music please count me in um you guys can find me at jess underscore on i'm still gonna call it twitter uh it's it's still twitter forever um, or X, whatever. I refuse to call it that because that's just not what it is. Um, on Instagram, and then, of course, keep up with all things PFN on ProFootballNetwork.com. Um, again, I'm pumping out articles daily you are. at this point, and that's not going to stop. So I'm there. And then, of course, Girls Talk, Boys Talk, which will be back on tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Central Time, and then Friday uh, at 10 a.m. Central Time for this week. So I, make sure to tune in, but thank you. I got one more thank Ask Lizzie question, Jess. What will you oh, have when me and Jesse, you and Aisha link up? Are you still gonna have that notebook? Oh my! Just, just, just yes. let it live. Just, just, just go crazy with, with me, and Aisha. Just go crazy with us, man. Come on. Nah, nah. Look, I, I'm so glad Jesse had the same kind of style I did with taking notes during games. Me and Jesse, it is not it, gonna change. It's ridiculous how how spot on jess and jesse are and then me and aisha we call each other twin how we are at game day i thought that was fun though man me and her are crazy and y'all two are just jotting down notes in between i can't do it i can't do it all it gotta stay here i've got time too crazy <laughs> no we found our, our work twins and i love it because Doppelgangers. i especially with jesse it was really funny because he was somebody that even when he was playing i was like oh name twin Hell yeah. And so it's really funny that we end up like coming together with this kind of full circle thing. And I'm like, oh, name twin and notebook twin. Hell yeah. Like, this Crazy is cool. how um, that works out. Man. So you know, maybe one day, maybe one day 
I will go crazy with you guys. Maybe one day. I'm not going to count it out. It just depends on what game it is. When a confetti Maybe drops. Maybe one day. Feel me? Exactly. That's when I'll go crazy with you guys because wouldn't that be something? Yes, it would. Jess Navarez, Pro <laughs> Football Talk Network, Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, please drop the fire emojis in the chat for this fantastic guest appearance. Thank you, Jess, and we will definitely do this again. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. We'll talk soon. Indeed. Salute. That was Miss Jess Navarez, PFN.com. Girls Talk, Boys Talk. You can find her on .com. She said, I think, tomorrow with one. And Haley Sutton. I'm sorry if I, if I said that name wrong. Uh, but they're doing great work over there. Uh, Shouts out to uh, Jane Slater for putting that whole thing together and then kind of trusting them to essentially take it over, right? And they, they've they 100% done that. That was fun, though. We, we, we 100% got to get her back on. I will never get Lizzie McGuire out of my head now. I was wondering, Professor O, what are you talking about with the hashtag Lizzie? Is that her middle name? Is that a real name? Jess is just a penmanship name. Like, what is going on? But now, Hillary Duff, yeah. And if you don't know who Hillary Duff is, uh, just 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 Google it. Just Google it. Yeah. Ain't like I watched the show either. But I know who Hillary Duff is, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, let's take a quick break. We will come back out of that, and we are going to go around the web or around the nation with some practice reports from .com. We got an insider who got some practice reports. We'll, we'll get a video clip, and, of course, we'll hit the phone line. So recharge, get your drinks, get your coffees. Let's keep it funky, Cowboys Nation. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. Am I lying? Uh, just Google. Honestly, did you can be a gen, what do they call these, Z now? And you would know who Hillary Duff is because of social media. You wouldn't even know about the show, Lizzie McGuire. I couldn't even tell you an episode. You know what I'm saying? That's all. Just Google it. You can Google Lizzie, you can Google Hillary, it don't matter. <laughs> Both work. All right, where are we at? Where do I want to pick this thing up at here? So, I want to hit this video. Uh, I was debating if I wanted to come back to, to this because we, we already did a CD Lamb audio yesterday talking about players, plays, the offense, and things like that. Um, but this specific one that Bobby had on Twitter. In fact, let me see if I can. Over here. We got that right here. And we're going to turn that off right there. So this specific video, I think CD is, is talking about the angles and, and whatnot that we were talking about on Vacha's show. And I just kind of wanted to play out so people can hear it and, and, and maybe get an understanding of what he was saying when, when he was talking about, you know, the offense is going to be in Dak's hands and he'll have more control. That's that's the big headline today. Dak has control of the offense, right? Uh, here's C.D. Lamb talking about a lot of that in the communication and whatnot. Here we go. 
communication can mean anything, right? But in, as far as the terms of football, it's verbal and nonverbal. He could switch a play without even saying anything. So, therefore, nobody knows what's going on. So, he could be checking the protection but also talking to us. So, therefore, it would change our route to a different, you know, angle or, or you know, just change the whole play. And I feel like we, we were lacking a lot of that last year. Granted that we, we, were, we were high on the communication, but it is definitely so there's people who are who are upset or saying, oh, well, are you saying he never changed play? No, he changed plays. You know, he, he audibled. He, he went to line of scrimmage and did a whole lot of that. In fact, a lot of the times when Dak was the one doing all of the audible and stuff and, and doing his own plays, the offense was at a pretty efficient pace. But when CeeDee Lamb says we were lacking the ability to do some of these things that didn't, you know, you didn't have to change the whole entire play. You could just kind of say, hey, without looking, nonverbal. We're just going to switch this route up on its own type situation. Kind of like what, uh, who was it? Amari Cooper, 2018. Hey, man, we ain't running this. Run this. It'll work. So the own, the own receiver is saying some of these things weren't happening last year, and people still don't want to listen. Definitely instilled in this offense, instilled on this team. And uh, we've been working on communication since San Fran, right? So uh, mm-hmm. just being big on that, being on the same page is probably the most important thing in the NFL because everybody's good. Everybody's talented. Everybody makes plays. The like, what the only edge that you can't have is being on the same page and having a crazy timing. And timing beats anything. So this whole Dak intercept, that's the narr- That's the storyline right now. What do you say to this whole Dak interception number narrative? A lot of, like, if you look at it, a lot of us, a lot of it was on us as receivers, um, not being on the same page. You know, but the communication part, that's where it comes into play. Like, I feel like if we're always on the same page, understand I will have to cross face on this play instead of taking a regular angle. Um, yeah, that, that's two picks right there that's taken away. And then some are tip passes, that, like, that can be completions. That's like four picks. So, Yeah, he spoke a lot. That was a pretty, pretty good interview from C.D. Lamb, if you guys want to go check that out. Uh, any give at any point. I mean, it was a lot of different things in there, but I, I wanted to point that one out because we had talked about it yesterday uh, a little bit. Now let's go around the nation to some of these practice notes. Let's talk about Kyle Yeomans. What Kyle Yeomans got for us? Kyle, I like how he breaks down the practice notes, man. I really do. All right, high energy session. Coaches and players happy for pads squabbling. Strong day for the passing game. Lamb, Cooks, Tober, Fehoko, Gallup, all found holes in the zone. Dak was great. Micah and D-Law were in the backfield a lot. Kickers made it when it mattered. Let me stay right there real quick. Let me stay right there because obviously the the thumbnail today is about how the offense is catching fire. And honestly, it's kind of picking up from the other day. Here's what I find interesting. The offense was definitely catching some fire, right? But then Micah and D-Law were winning some of their battles as well. So again, it's kind of that punch for punch that you want to hear about. But this route right here, and the route the other day is getting me excited. Okay, it's getting me excited about this offense. And this is why I thought Brandon Cooks was so damn important. There are just things you're able to do with him. And then when it comes to the West Coast and the passing concepts with Schottenheimer and McCarthy kind of putting their heads together, right? You're seeing, we talked about the, the slant flat situation. Yes, or two days ago, we saw the, uh, what was it? The whip route with a sluggo behind it, Right. You're seeing this kind of corner post. These routes were not frequent. I promise you they weren't. 
In fact, I don't recall, and maybe I could be wrong, Cowboys Nation, but I probably can count. You could probably chop off two of my fingers. Two of them. I can count on one hand how many times I saw a sluggo last year. I don't remember a bunch of sluggos. With the whip route under it? With the two quickest and fastest players on your offense? Let me calm down. It's practice. I'm not, I'm not supposed to get too crazy with it, but... What I wanted to see out of this out of these training camp practices for me really wasn't about the, the specific individuals. We'll see individual winnings and whatnot. It was the concepts. I know what I got in a lot of these players and what their skill sets are, but how are we going to utilize these guys in their skill sets? I'm seeing a lot of that too, by the way. <laughs> a whole lot of over routes getting CD Lamb involved on the move like that. And not just on some quick, quick slant, but but deep as well. So I'm enjoying what we're seeing conceptually, at least what we can see and who I'm speaking with down there telling me that these things are evident. I'm enjoying hearing about that and seeing that. And that's why I think this offense has a chance, like I said before, to to be just as good, if not more efficient in years past. But good to know the receiving group continues to show some growth there. Uh, he also continued here, Cowboys Nation. Let me bring you back. He said... Uh, Talked to Mozzie after, was ready to hit somebody today. So there, there's that video of Mozzie Smith going around where he said, I don't even like football. I just want to hit somebody. Mm. I don't even like football. I just want to. People are taking that literally. Oh my God, first round pick doesn't like football. Relax. You know what he means. You know what he means. And you want a nasty one tech there. Um, and there's a video that's out of Mozzie Smith uh, getting double teamed and kind of lifted a bit. Get off was not great, so they're still working on the get off there probably, and he'll probably tell you that wasn't his best uh, his best rep. However, on .com, I think it was Kyle who talked about Mozzie. He said, Mozzie's been very open around his excitement for pads coming on. Today, he didn't disappoint by remaining physical in the middle and taking on double teams. He stood his ground on the inside, not only allowing, or I'm sorry, not allowing for easy holes in the run game. Additionally, he made some adjustments in alignment and pass rush to cover some more ground. So the thing about camp, you'll see a video. It's mostly a negative video, not really a positive one. People don't really care about it unless it's a crazy highlight play. You'll see a video, it'll go viral, and people will automatically assume that's what happened on that day. Well, I think it was Kyle talked about it, Pat talked about it, uh, Machota talked about it, Mozzie had a solid day when the pads came on, had a good day, didn't disappoint, remained physical in the middle, taking on double teams. He's going to be taking on a lot of double teams. You're going to need him to remain physical in the middle in doing so. Uh, we want to see some of those car crashes, right, eventually at some point. But Mozzie Smith, I think he'll get his lick back. Y'all think he'll get his lick back. He got a double team. He got lifted. He definitely got got. But I think he'll get his lick back, man. Uh, let's go down some more of these practice notes here. Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence found their way in the backfield for multiple sacks. Those sacks came against a rotation of players at tackle. However, Chimoy Doja stood strong on the edge with a few solid blocks and pass protection to give Prescott time to throw. Good to hear some positive things coming out of there with Chuma Idoja. Uh, we talked about the kicker situation earlier. Uh, Jalen Tober continues to impress. He's joined by Semi Fihoko who had a very strong day in his first padded team practice. Fayoko was crisp in his routes and reeled in a deep ball that required him to morph into a center fielder, looking for his screamer off of the bat, beating the coverage, and making the over-the-shoulder 
grab. Again, every day it seems like one of these guys on this list is standing out. And that is the type of competition I like. I don't want a competition where somebody got hurt and now they're taking it in. Or somebody's just so bad, they're automatically by default moving up or down a depth chart. I want this thing to be a fight, an absolute battle. And we're hearing great things about Jalen. Semi stacking them together. Tolbert showing his skill set from a receiver standpoint. Jalen Brooks is making his name noticed here. Look, Will, who did I talk to the other day? We talked about carrying six or seven receivers. I think, I can't remember who it was, but if we end up carrying seven receivers, like I said, I want it to be because they absolutely can't cut somebody because they are playing so damn good in camp preseason. That's how I want it to be. And right now, the the, the fight for four, right, if, if per se, because it ain't going to be just four. It's probably going to be six or seven, so all these dudes can make it. But this battle is is a fun one right now and a competitive one, and all these guys are doing some great things. And Cowboys Nation, you should be happy that there is there is this this battle going on and it's living up to the hype. There is, however, a, a toxic side of Cowboys Nation that we all understand and, and is here that they're not looking for the positives and having this fight they're looking for something toxic to fight about because that's just the nature of the type of fan they are they you know you you don't know how to fan without being toxic that that goes for some of the plays that are happening out there like you'll completely miss something that a young player did because you're looking for the toxicity in the play relax these young bucks are are out here making waves and you should be happy about it man you should be happy well, your name is Toxic Tom. Toxic. But actually, I'm not really... I don't really see you do this much. You just specifically key in on one player. Uh, and then Kyle talked about the tight ends. Let me get back here. Kyle talked about the tight ends. Worked almost exclusively as blockers and team drills. Rough day for the offensive line. Depth. D-line got the better of them as the day went on. And that's where the lots of pressure worked. Third and fourth down. That's kind of what I was hearing around down there too and you saw the videos right Micah and D-Law getting busy uh on the play where Mozzie got lifted I actually saw Hankins get some depth some push in the backfield too so I mean again we could focus on that part but I looked at Hankins said oh picking up right where he left off so those are coming some of the practice notes coming out of yesterday we'll continue to kind of go down that path as we move forward tomorrow if all goes well we will have brian on to talk about what he saw in the second day of padded practice and kind of his overall thoughts on the first two days of padded practice and then thursday of course we'll get the scientific method with pat no see walker let's hit the phone lines though get back to it we got i believe jake the great on the horns been holding for a good bit man what's up jake What's happening, dog? Good morning, Scott Walker. Bomb Squad, how you doing? How you doing? We doing lovely, well, Scott Walker, before I start, I want to give a shout-out to the lovely ladies on uh, the dot-com Girls Talk, Boys Talk. You know what I'm saying? It's rare that you have a group of ladies that actually know football and know exactly what they talk about. I'm not taking shots to no ladies. I appreciate y'all. Great work. Jake, Keep the great up. thoughts are and, not uh, of that of Skywalker still and A to Z. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You know how you know you know you know how it is. I'm just though. messing with you. But um, on on the on the running backs, um, I think we're gonna have to keep four of them. And uh, I'm rooting for Rico. 
But, you know what I'm saying, every year he's almost like on that Tyrone Smith thing because he shows a lot of flash, a lot of speed, a lot of potential. Then he gets hurt. I almost want to call him made out of glass, man. But my second running back is going to be Deuce Vaughn. I know right now we're looking at him as a gadget dude. I went back. This man has like a 40-minute highlight tape. And his highlight tape ain't just of him Come on, Deuce. breaking tackles. He's actually – yeah, Deuce Vaughn. Oh, yeah, Deuce is He's a like 35-minute – Bro, like, if this dude was 5'11", 6 foot, he's going in the first round. So I feel like once we get into a preseason game, I feel like Deuce is going to separate himself from the pack, if, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deuce, again, if we go back to this, let me find this quote here. If we go back to this quote, you know, again, I'm telling you I'm loving Rico and, and talking about Rico and Malik is fine, but when he said obviously, talking about Mike McCarthy, Obviously, we've got to get Deuce involved, and I think that's important. And he talked about anytime he's thinking about installs or game plan or the season, Deuce Vaughn is on his mind. We could be in for a situation where he has a legitimate role here, y'all, where he's touching the ball 100 times. Oh, absolutely. Because anytime you have somebody that small of stature and he runs that ball through the middle with no fear, this man is dragging coconuts. I mean, he has no fear. He goes right through there with the 300-pound gorillas and bangs with the best of them. You got to love that. And, and on one thing that I've seen from Law's, uh, shout out to Law and West Coast out there in uh, Oxnard giving us great content. One thing I've seen that gave me hope, and I'm drinking all the Kool-Aid, I've seen drag routes. I've seen screens. I've seen things I've never seen before. And I'm like, dang, I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid this early, but this pad of practice, Dak is dealing. Any one of y'all that's going to call after me talking about Dak interceptions, I advise you go watch that practice from Law. Dak was dealing. This offense looks great. I'm excited for the season. And, boy, how about the Cowboys? I don't want to just blabber on and let other people talk. But, man, great show. And, uh, shit, let's do it, man. Salute. Appreciate you, Jake. Yeah, that means this offense is designed to, to make life easier and better and more efficient for your quarterback. People are messing. Look, they must think Dak is some some random bottom third quarterback or something, or some mid 15, 16. He's not. Dak Prescott is a really damn good quarterback, and now he's getting a system that helps that. Yeah, I, look, I expect him to to be even better with the assistance of this scheme, right? And having more overs and and, and better and easier reads due to the concepts and whatnot. So, look, if you want to doubt him, that's fine. Uh, I think he's going to have a fantastic season. The, the only thing that I need to see from him, and I'm going to keep on saying it, is finish. Just finish. And, and I believe that might be the case here with, with the way things are set up. I think will be set up. They talked about, I think it was McCarthy. I don't know if I still got the audio, but he said, you know, this is going to be about four minutes, the last four minutes and in, in, in finishing these type of games or whatnot. And I think the scheme is going to help him do it. So, that's not that he doesn't worry me one bit when it comes to to playing out there between the numbers between first and the minute one and minute 54 It's going to be those last four or five minutes that really going to count, especially in the postseason for me for Dak. Oh, iceberg slam. Why are you like this? dude? How's your boy schoolmaker doing iceberg? How's he doing? I do not understand your gripe with Jake Ferguson who's having a good camp. You call him stiff. You call him. It's weird to me, man, where he's has actual NFL video footage in college of him making dudes miss at a pretty high level. 
I, I, <laughs> it's mind boggling, bro. It's mind boggling. And then you you are spamming the chat about Jalen Tober, first of all. Number one. Jalen Tober has always had the talent. We've said that here many of times. We talked about can we see Jalen Tobert take Tobert take the mental step in year two? Because if he does that, the talent is there. This is the toxicity I'm talking about. Jalen Tobert taking that next step should be a positive. You trying to fight Tobert versus Gallup is the toxic side. If Tobert beats out Gallup because he beats him out on the field, dude, that is amazing. But there's people that are toxic and need clout and need, you know, this type of attention. This I told you so type of stuff like you, bro, that you spam these chats with nonsensical type of comments that mean absolutely nothing, my guy. But I'm going to give you your attention today, man. I'm going to give you your attention. You got it. Now, stop hiding behind the comments. Call in and let's have a conversation about football. Let's do it. 813, what it is, what it do. I, no, I can't hear you, dog. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, I'm going to come back to you, big dog. Me. Uh, 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 you yep, here? Yep. Yep. All right, carry on. And I appreciate it's, it's me. Thank God for me. How you doing? I'm doing good, but I'm having trouble getting you in here, man. I'm going to give you a few more seconds. And he gone. Uh, let's <laughs> let's get Twan from Connecticut on the phone. What's good, Twan? Sky, what's good, baby? What's happening, How big you? dog? Man, I'm I'm doing good, man. Camp camp looks great, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I gotta, and I I rarely disagree with you, but I I gotta disagree with you on the explosive with Kayvon Turpin. I ain't gonna lie. I'm like, watch, man. Wait, wait. He ain't catching oh, okay. five five catches. 40 yards, man. I don't believe in him, to be honest. So, I, I, I don't think he's going to make the team. So what do you disagree with before you say disagree? Because I don't even know if you know what I even say. What do you disagree with? I don't I don't think he's part of the explosives, as you said yesterday on oh. yesterday's show. I wouldn't put him oh, what? as one of the explosives. Okay, then. That, Bro, no, 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 no. we going to talk team. about that. Hold the hell up. <laughs> you don't think Cavante Turpin has explosive traits? No, he he does, but you 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 juking up niggas like Calvin Joseph. Like you not you not doing that to nobody. Real Calvin Joseph. Uh, okay, so if you want to diminish the, the 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 highlights in camp, that's fine. I, ain't, I don't care about that. I'm just talking about the traits, my guy. You don't consider Devonte or Cavante Turpin's traits explosive. They 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 are, but I don't really believe in them. Like it's it's like all right it's cool okay. like well this I is this is why I asked down. you what exactly do you disagree with and you told me you don't believe he's an explosive player so yeah. I mean I think you'd be the only one on an island that would think that Cavante Turpin is not an explosive player but I'll let you go ahead um also also I I think I think we need to run three three running backs mine's mine's Rojo's out of here um mine's is Malik and um, Deuce, and I, I I definitely agree with Deuce getting a hundred hundred touches on a 
on a year. You can swap him and Malik however however you want it, honestly. Yeah, I think you said Deuce and Malik. So I, I, here's yeah. what I said earlier. So you got three. You got Deuce, Malik, and, and TP. Look, I ain't mad at that one either because, cause again, Rico, for me, I'm going to get excited again. He's going to kill it in preseason like he normally do. I just can't. I don't trust him, dog. But they love him. They actually probably like him more than Malik Davis. So if he stays healthy, then he'll be a fine, I think, number two back for you. But if he makes a team, I feel like you got to have at least four backs you can count on. And who you, he ain't cutting Deuce. It sounds like he's going to be involved. So Yeah. And how do you and how do you feel about all the media and all the Eagles fans going crazy with Dak throwing interceptions? I don't care about that. And, and you, <laughs> you got the wrong one. So I don't I don't fight on Twitter with that stuff. I don't get involved in all that, man. I, I fought that fought. I lived in PA for a long time, for a long time. I fought that yeah. fought every damn day. Uh, I've, I've grown as a fan, and it, that to me is just boring now. You know that that's boring. That's boring to me. I like to talk actual football now. But hey, I, I sit back and I watch. I, I'm I'm eating popcorn. I'm watching, but I don't really get involved in all that, man. Yeah, nah, nah, me neither. I just had a bunch of people just tagging me in on Twitter. Oh, you, it's like it's, it's annoying because like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers just threw an interception. Yeah, you're Nobody not saying nothing about that. You're not going. Josh that. Allen was throwing. He threw two interceptions. And Tigers, nobody saying nothing about that. So it's just it's corny how people just eventually. Bro, the social media growing. As much as it has, if you continue to to kind of live in that, bro, it is just going to eat at you. <laughs> it's going to eat at. It's not even. It's not even fun banter anymore. Like the fun banter was pre social media. Now it's just a hundred percent trolling. That's it. Yeah, yeah, it's all. It's all bad. But that's all I have for you today, Sky man. That's all I have, baby. All right, man. Salute. Okay. Yes, sir. What's good, Marcus? Hey, Scott, what's good with you, sir? Good I'm morning. Doing, I'm doing fantastic, my guy. How are you? Hey, man, I'm 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 safe and sound. I'm not outside outside of my. I, just in case you didn't know, man, I I I'm a truck driver, so a lot of times I'm in some ah, interesting locations. That's why it sounded like you was in Area 51 and a bunch of. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind playing, having no fun with. It. I just didn't want to put nothing in your mind by being, oh, oh this, this, this brother out here on, on some of that creeper. But no, I'm all right, man. I'm just gonna be in some weird spots sometimes. What I try to do okay. before I call in is get settled, but then I get so amped and so hype, I just pick the phone up and all kind of stuff be going on. It's all good, man. <laughs> hey, man, look, uh, you know, I, I like, I like the idea of, of, of keeping some running backs. I don't know if you keep four. But I do like your I do like your suggestion that if uh, if Ronald Jones is done because of this suspension, I hope that opens the door for Hunter Lipke. Uh, if you're gonna keep running backs, you want to keep you know versatility. Uh, I, I hope you know I don't want to wish anything bad on who did you say Rico Donald, the guy he, he kind of they right. like him, but he you know he just they, they can't rely on him because he's hurt all the time. Well, you know, hey, if you got to keep back, man, you want to keep people that are versatile. As much as you can, and and I think that would open the door for Hunter Nipsey to get on, and so I would like to see that. And and Michael, you know, let me stay there yeah. real quick. Stay there real quick with Hunter Lipke because he could definitely factor uh-huh. into this whole thing for two positions, uh, tight end right. and running back. So I'm right. really really curious to see how they're going to utilize him in preseason because he can either say, right. "All right, look, with Schoolmaker dealing with this nagging injury." 
do you look to mm-hmm. put him on IR? Right? Like if he cause because when they asked Coach McCarthy oh. about it, McCarthy was like, Hey, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. hopeful he can play in, in, in Oxnard, he can practice in Oxnard. But if he can't, I don't know if I'm going mm-hmm. risk a roster spot for him if he's if he doesn't practice in the last week of preseason or something. They did that with Matt Willetsko. And then he what happened? He went out there, got hurt, and went on IR. So let's say they decide right. to play that pup game or they play that IR game with a schoolmaker. Do you go three tight ends mm-hmm. and then include Lipke as a guy and then just go three running backs? Or do you go four running backs and include Lipke in there? Like Lipke, I think, has he has some traits that are intriguing, and I'm I'm intrigued. I would love to see them give him a shot. But then it right. becomes a battle of Lipke or Rico, Lipke or Davis, Lipke or McEwen, or, or Lipke or Stevens Jr., Lipke or Jalen Brooks, right? It's going to mm-hmm. come down to, to, to that situation. Yeah, yeah, and all that's part of roster building. And, again, that's a, that's a good problem to have. That's a good problem to have. So we'll see how that shakes out. We'll, but, I, yeah. again, personally, I'm, I'm pulling for Lipke myself. So, uh, and, and, man, look, I think with, with Micah Parsons, man, we might need to adjust how we evaluate him. We need to stop being surprised by him doing it. We're seeing that him do that to Tyron Smith, and we're thinking of Tyron Smith as Tyron Smith, and he is even that, let's say Tyron's at 80, 80%, 85% of bro, what he was. I don't we're thinking that's Tyron Smith. Yeah, I'm not surprised bro. by anything Michael does. Michael's going to stack bodies up, yo. That's what he's going to do. I ain't never <laughs> seen Tyron Smith in my life get bodied like that at practice. And some people who have been following the team for decades down there uh, have said the same thing. They said, I've never seen that happen to him. Micah just different. Yeah. He's just different. Micah is different. Exactly. That's why I said we have to adjust our expectations of, of what Micah is and what Micah can do. We can't be surprised by Micah doing that. Micah's going Micah's to get body count. He's going to stack wood. That's all he's going to do. We need to see if – we need to rate it by – if whoever stonewalls Micah – we need to make sure that guy's on the team. <laughs> well, that, that's news. Anybody that blocks Michael, that should make the news. <laughs> somebody, somebody did that last year. Here we go. Somebody did that. I think it was actually. I think it was Tyler Smith. I'm playing this play where he did this to to Tyron Smith, man, and just yeah. unbelievable. This dude is crazy. Yeah. And I think this is all the work yeah, he's yeah. put in because I, I think yes, he has the strength to just toss my guy like that. But I also think he saw, right. you know, that. Tyron was playing mm-hmm. his upfield shoulder and just hit him with that McGlinchey club. Right, right. Just, yeah, yeah. He worked on that on the, in the all season. Micah did. He he worked with the the Whitworth guy, the, the famous tackle out there with with, with LA. He walked, worked with him. He's been doing a lot of things. Micah's about his Micah's about his business. So I'm not I'm not surprised. And and quiet is kept. That's probably why Zach ain't in there because. Zach ain't trying to have no demise in So they, they, Zach, 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 pay that check because he, I know he done got somewhere and told Tyler to see Tyler. That's why. See, that's on tape. That's gonna be on tape. They ain't getting me like that. They, they, hey, I'm gonna wait till, yeah, I'm gonna sit this one out. Right. <laughs> Them young boys mean business. And uh, and one more thing, man, about these moments. You know, I never thought much of those um, mojo moments with yeah. with Coach McCarthy. I like you know, I, it's. Yeah, it's well, you know, to me, man. I guess at the time it sounded kind of hokey because only because you know you you had uh, you had two different minds at work. You know what I mean? Two different um, two different agendas at work. And, and I don't think you can. It's it, it's important, and this will get to a, a larger point with me. I think it's important to get your team ready for those moments 
is, is how prepared you are for those moments. It's not the moments themselves. You, you, can't, you can't wait for that moment to get there and then figure out what you're going to do. That's too late. You're already beaten. And that's where we were. So I get the mojo moment in, 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 in that sense of, hey, look, this is a big, this is, you know, we need to get hyped for this. This is a big moment. This is a big play. What it's, have a you. Pressure. it's a pressure but, situation for that specific player or unit, yeah. Yeah, some of that. Uh, but, again, I think the, I don't think the moment is the issue or has been the issue. I think it's been the preparation. I think it's been the approach. Are you talking you about know, the kicker I, I, or are you just talking I about think, in general? Yeah, in general. In oh, general. I don't bad. mean, I don't mean the, the focus. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not meaning the focus on a player. Personally, I mean for a team. And, and for me, this goes to, you know, uh, you know going to Dak and, and, and hearing the young lady who, who was great, by the way, who was great. Yeah, Jess was great. You know, talk about Dak, you know, and Dak was being Dak. Dak we, Dak's been there from day one since he's been in the building. You know, taking Jalen Tober to side, taking the guys to the Dak yard, you know, uh, working with everybody, from Brandon Cook, you know, who, who's going to get the playing time, to, to the, to the, to the Jalen Brooks, who's who, UDFA out there fighting, making plays, you know? Dak, Dak is that yeah. way. That's why Dak had no problem. We, we, we mad about Dak having to run out there with Noah Brown as a number two, and Dak's got no problem going to Noah Brown, right? That's too, that, Dak is built like that. Yeah. That's going to, you know, that, yeah, that's going to, and that's what makes him a leader. And I just think it's been, you talked a lot about, you know, Dak being, you know, nerfed and handicapped in, in, in certain ways. It's hard for Dak to be himself when he's got to do things a certain way because that's the way, and, and again, in Dak's mind, he's a soldier. Dak's been coached to do things a certain way, and that's kind of a, but hey, hey, look, I'm one of the 53. I'm, I'm one of the guys. And I do think, you know, giving him more control over the offense and, and simplifying things will make those moments not stand out in the way that we kind of got used to or say that, well, this is a big moment. We'll get to where we will recognize that that will be the reason why we get through those moments, because of his connection with those guys, because of that poise, that, that confidence, and Dak's leadership, that's something you got to highlight as well as whether or not Dak can make this out loud or whether or not Dak knows where to go, is it, whether or not Dak knows football on the outside shoulder. You know, that kind of stuff, you, you, you can work that, that, that technical stuff out. But yeah. the things that elevate things that people want to talk about, the things that make Dak special, you don't get to see that if you don't let Dak be that. So hopefully, you know, with, with all of this stuff, you know, being married, tied together, philosophy, Players, technique, coaching, all that stuff will bring out the best in that. And we'll get to all of us that know it, everybody else will get to see it. So, uh, again, great show, Scott, man. Thank you for having me on. I'm going to try to make sure I'm in a, you know, <laughs> better spot whenever I call it. I don't like fighting with wind and, and, and That's stuff either though. when I'm calling it. It's, it's cool. Just roll your window up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Marcus. Appreciate you, man. All right, all right dude. All right. Look, look, the intangibles absolutely matter, but I, I think. The physical is, is is grossly underrated with him. You know, I, I think Pat Mahomes might might have uh what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh Steph Curry the league. You know? Steph came in, everybody wants to shoot threes a certain way, and that's what people think it should look like. No. Pat different. Pat built different. Guys like Josh Allen have a ridiculously strong arm. Accuracy is still weird. No one talks about that, though, but crazy strong arm. Herbert, I think he's got the best of both worlds, you know, but Pat's built different. But Dak Prescott can make all the damn, I, I, he makes them all. He's made them all. 
It's not about whether he can make the throw. He got a strong enough arm. He is accurate enough. Yes, there are a lot of people who are still buying this BS that he's not accurate enough. That's ridiculous. He is. He can do all of those things. It is about finishing. That's what blows my mind. When people, and I'm not trying to go on the Dak tangent, but when people do go on this Dak thing, right, and they say, oh, well, he's not accurate. Well, then you show him proof of accuracy in spades, and you show him statistics of accuracy and analytics of accuracy, they say, oh, well, he can't get it done in the playoffs. Well, that's that's a different conversation. That is a totally different conversation. He's been accurate enough to be a pretty damn good playoff quarterback. You're talking about San Fran is the only team he hasn't been really good at. He's been accurate enough to be a damn good, one of the best regular season quarterbacks. It is about finishing. That's it, man. Because you know what? No one would give a damn about the accuracy numbers or the big numbers or the picks and all that stuff if he finishes. I don't know why we're making this a big... I don't understand why we're trying to turn this into Dak Prescott sucks as a quarterback or he ain't that good. When everything says that he is, the thing that he has to get back to being really good at is finishing. It's that simple, bro. And if I ever got a chance to get on national media, they would be so mad at me because I'm not going to buy into all the other BS. I'll just say, oh, no, Dak has to finish. There's plenty of plays to show that he can do everything you're asking him to do, but he has to finish. And if he doesn't finish, then he won't be the quarterback of the Cowboys. It is not that difficult. Remove all emotion, whether you hate him or you like him. It comes down to that. I digress. Sadiqa, appreciate you for the super chat. Super chat. She dropped 50. She said, Will, first let me say I thank you for... uh, Thank you for Ann. I thank you for... I'm I'm just going to say I thank you for doing what you're doing for the nation. New media is definitely here. I love all my Cowboys content creators. Thank you. From my heart. Now, thank you, uh, Sadiqa. I appreciate that. I truly do. Um, and I'll just read a couple more before I get back to the lines. Super chat. Chris dropped one. We don't wipe them 304s. Five. He says, some Cowboy fans would rather be Stephen A. than a real fan. Even if you don't believe in Dak or other players, support them. You know, we don't wipe them 304s. I, I don't try to. I'm still. This is one of the things I'm still working on. I try not to take that type of bait. But. We're still work in progress, man. We're still work in progress. You're absolutely right. There are way too many of those type of fans that, and I shouldn't say way too many. It is a loud minority. Let me say that. It's a loud minority. Oh, uh, you also drop one. Super chat. I said, I just want to say F Philly. Facts. All right, back into the lines. I, like I said, I don't want to go on a DAC tangent, but it just blows my mind, you know, because of social media and, and clicks and, 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 it retweets and, and 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 just hot takes and all the stuff that we got to go stoop to that damn level when it's in it's simple easy explanation here finish that's it oh uh, we have 480 there's actually two arizona numbers on here both 480 i don't know if you're two different people but we'll start with 480 number one first hello what's can good? you hear me Yes, sir. I, I got you, man. I got you. Sky, hey, man. I've called into a Vacha show many times, man. My name, they go, I go by John Q on there, man. We always do some, uh, ah. some funny quotes and stuff because he can't pronounce my last name. So he just always threw it as John Q, which I rolled with for a long time. <laughs> got you, bro. I think I might have been on a show yeah, one hey. time when you called in. So I think I know who you are. 
Yeah, probably, man. I listen to your stuff all the time in the morning. A lot of times I can't call in, so I appreciate you taking my call. No problem. What you got for the show? Yeah, man. You know, uh, you know, I, I I do live out here in Arizona, so I, I I get my content, you know, from everywhere. But um, and I actually have to go look for it, so it actually makes me more of a fan instead of just looking at like mainstream stuff. But um, you know, I can't, you know, I can't help but thinking that we should we should be doing something else with our like the second round pick with Schoonmaker. I just can't help but thinking like. Was that our stretch? Was that a reach? Was you know they had Drew Sanders on the board, you know we had lineman issues that we could have you know gotten uh, the guy from Florida, uh, you know just for me and I know I know he hasn't practiced I know, but um, to me it just always seems like like what are we what are we missing what are we missing I don't think that we needed an upgrade especially with these young guys Ferguson, you know even McEwen. Uh, our little our little young core group, I think we should have gave them an honest shot. Even draft like you know fifth sixth round dude to, to kind of fill in the fourth spot there. I think a second round was still it just it just irks me a little bit. I'm rooting for the guy, but I mean we'll see how it plays out. I mean what's your what's your take on it so far? I'm still not so you know uh, I'm obviously like you said rooting for the guy and you know prior to the whole injury situation I was hoping that he can settle in at tight end two or and compete for tight end one, but I don't even know if you have a chance yep. to even settle in at tight end two at this point. It's, it was a frustrating pick then. I don't know if you watched the draft show or reaction to it. Uh, I, yep. Again, man, I, I, I championed all offseason that you had your tight end one in Jake Ferguson, and he's out there performing well in training camp, picking up where he left yeah. off. So I didn't see the need to take one in the second round. Like, I, If you wanted to take one, like you said, you could take one later. But second round picks, like you, they have to get on the field and start. And if not, it's a wasted pick. In all honesty, so I agree. You know, he's he's not going to. I agree. I don't know how he plays and impacts your team year one. Tight ends already were tough to have impactful year one seasons. Let alone guys right. like Luke Schoolmaker, who yes, the numbers show that that he was impressive from an athletic standpoint. But this isn't Kyle Pitts. You know what I'm saying? This isn't what an up type dude yeah. where you sit, you send out there out wide and he's a wide receiver. No, he was brought in here because he can block really well and he can develop as a pass catcher where he was underutilized at Michigan. But if you can't get on the field and, and he's getting drafted knowing he has injury issues, I'm sorry that I, I'm not hyping up Luke Schoolmaker. I want Luke Schoolmaker to succeed. Yeah. I hope these injuries are behind him. But once I did the homework and I said, oh, wait a minute, he's been dealing with injuries like this for four or five straight years, and we still draft him in the second round, it's, it's a bit perplexing. Um, and, I, and I just hope that by this time next year, there's more excitement from me from Luke Schoolmaker because right now, yeah, it's a bit frustrating. Yeah, you know, and it's probably frustrating for him too, you know, because he wants to get out there, especially training camp is big. You know, you can get out there, learn learn a ton, get get familiarity, get a, get a chemistry going. I get it. Um, but you know, I mean, getting, kind of getting back down that, and I don't want to harp on being a bad, a bad fan or any toxic like that, but could have drafted whoever you want in the second Darnell Washington was there in the third. The, the, the hilarious um, thing about Darnell is apparently he was a, you know, he was a, like a red name on their board for injuries, but it's Luke Schoonmaker really? who's out with injuries and Darnell Washington yeah, yeah. is practicing. <laughs> Ironic. Fucking poetic justice. Hey, uh, I wanted to get on this too. You know, it's exciting, honestly. You know, obviously, I think I think our defense is going to be top three. It, it has a really good chance of being something special. 
Yes. It really does, and I'm, I'm excited about that. I think that they could – we've seen it in the past where offenses haven't been great, but the defenses have carried that team far into the postseason. So yeah. defense to me can travel, and I, I like that. I like that a lot, uh, which makes me excited. But the offense, you know, they're showing, they're showing clips here and there. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really kind of I'm, – I'm I guess the word I'm trying to use is indifferent on Turpin. I'm just indifferent on him. You know, is he fast? Yeah. Is he explosive? Yeah, he is. I don't know how he made the Pro Bowl, but uh, – oh, That was you know, a shame. He didn't have, he didn't have a <laughs> – he did. He didn't make a. He didn't have a touchdown last year. I think they were. Yeah. I think they forgot that all he did was had an amazing preseason game, and like hyped that up and let that thing roll on for the rest of the year. Like he, he should have broke one in the playoffs. Like we we all saw that and he got tackled. But I think. I the, mean, beyond I, that, like I, I think I, I John know, Q. He, I, I, the power of the yeah. star got him in there. Because he did, he wasn't like yeah. number one in, in return touchdowns. He wasn't number one in return yards or number one in average or anything like that in any one of those categories. But I think him being on yeah. the Cowboys, returning two touchdowns in the preseason, got him to the Pro Bowl. And hey, look, he can use that in negotiations. But I can give a damn about that. Yeah. Don't, don't I hate when they be like, "But Turpin wants to the Pro." I don't want to hear nothing about Turpin going to the Pro Bowl. That means nothing to me <laughs> because yeah. he wasn't a pro. Yeah, this is the thing we're doing on the show now. There's the Pro Bowl, right? Where you know, the fanfare and the hype and the, and the sure. glitz and glamour. But then there's Pro Bowl players. He was not a Pro yeah, Bowl that's, player. That's really me. it. That's what I wanted to say. It's like, hey, and CD even – I don't know if you heard that whole CD interview on 105. Um, yeah. he was He was hyping up Turpin. He, they were like, hey, why isn't Turpin getting more on the field? And they're like – he's like, I don't know. Well, that's and a they different conversation, Q. That's a different conversation. Yeah, man. Because, because – I was asking for him to get on the field last year, bro. We didn't have enough explosive weapons, and I'm like, find a way to put the ball in his hands because he's he's he sticks. He's he's he can juke. He got quickness. He's fast. Like you don't have weapons. You got TP and Lamb. That's it. And you weren't using your explosive type. Um, those guys. I'm sorry. You weren't using the other guy that you had in Turpin. So I did want to see him on the field. Now, now maybe he yeah. wasn't grasping the playbook, John. Maybe he, he, sure. he couldn't understand. Maybe Kellen Moore couldn't find ways to get him to rock. But now we're seeing him out there doing some slot things. And honestly, I welcome that. Like, you don't need to be the size of C.D. Lamb to do Cole Beasley things. So if he can do Cole Beasley things and you're, and you're getting 10 plays out of him doing that a game and then maybe when they're sitting down on a whip route on, her, on, on the screen or something, then you send him on a deep crosser or on, on a nine route. I want to see what that does. Yeah. I want to see what that does. That's all I'm saying. I want to see it. Because if not, if you're I not going you to use him that exact way, exact get him page, off the man. field. Get, if he ain't going to be used that way, get him off the field. That's 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 all it is. I think he has the ability. I just don't want them to to waste the opportunity of, le- of at least us seeing it. I digress. All right. Thank you, man. You and I are on the same page. I'm rooting for him. Again, I'm a big fan of his. I want to see. I want to see it, man. I want to see it. Because if you got all that hype, and Kellen's out of the picture, and you got the playbook down, and you're getting more looks. I mean, you're this, it's it's all talk right now, and it's on the talk's great. Yeah. But show me now. Show me something. Show show me that you're a pro bowler, because I'm good. You know, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm a whole, I'm good with that. You know, just I'm a whole earn Mike it. McCarthy. Earn, earn it to me. I'm a whole Mike McCarthy to his word. He said players yeah. over plays. You've got five players that we dubbed the explosives. 
you should be able to make some plays for them players. Should. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, man, I appreciate the call. I, uh, I was just driving home. I, I was listening to you, and I was like, man, I haven't called in. Let me just let me give him a call and uh, go from there. So heading to work. And uh, anyways, man, you guys have a good day. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Love All hearing right. the content. Keep it up, man. Thanks, John Q. Good stuff, man. Good call. Yeah, don't, don't get it twisted, man. When when Terp when the season was over, I was I was confused. I said Terp is a big question mark to me because I didn't understand his usage. I, I wanted him to be used. They didn't use him. And then I'm like, are we where does he fit now moving forward? This was prior to the draft. I mean, where where does Terp fit? We didn't even have I don't even think we had Brandon Cooks yet. So I'm like, I'm a little we need to get a receiver. We need to bring somebody in here. This this room is not ready to just be comfortable. Then they go out and get a Brandon Cooks. That changes things now, right? Like Brandon Cooks adds not just depth to the wide receiver room by pushing players down on the depth chart, but he gives you now a legitimate one-two punch that can do a multitude of different things. But I still was like, well, all right, now. Now if Terp is going to be on a team, he needs to contribute offensively. Let's see what, what happens. We get the OTAs. We're hearing, hey, man, Terp, Terp is doing some things from a receiver standpoint. Doesn't get the chance to get on the field early, had the baby or whatnot. Now he's back out there and he's doing wide receiver things. Again, that is a positive. You should be excited about it because there is something to Cavante Turpin from a skill set. I'm not saying you need to give him the ball seven times a game or target him eight times a game. I don't see nothing wrong with trying to put the ball in his hands two to three times or at least use him as a decoy. Don't see nothing wrong with it because he has that type of ability to take it to the crib. Now it's going to be a matter of if we do it. If we don't, and he's not returning kicks to the crib or flipping field position without muffing the punts, it's a, it's a waste of a roster spot. But that's we're a long way from it being a waste of a roster spot. He wasn't a waste last year uh, on his own. I, I think a lot of it had to do with, with Kellen and the game planning with him. So be a long way from it. Uh, so Slim, you want to talk about Zach? Who's going to replace Zach? Ain't going to be Josh Ball. Toxic Tom said we should vote Josh Ball into the Pro Bowl just to troll. That, that and he said that's the only weakness. It's crazy that you said that's the only weakness, but you shit on Jake Ferguson constantly. But, hey, whatever. Zach Martin, the right the, the interior depth to me, I agree, is, is a weakness on this team. It's kind of why I've been advocating to go get a veteran guy off the street. We still got time. Um, y'all know what I said yesterday. If Zach Martin opens... Picks up that phone with Jerry Jones. I'm just saying two words. Josh Ball. Oh, yeah, but we got Fournier. Oh, the dude who gave up 13 pressures in three games? Six quarterback hits? All right, four words. Josh Ball, Matt Fournier. Clip. Not saying they're going to cave or anything or it's going to work, but I'm just saying those two dudes, well, at least Josh Ball ain't it. I, I haven't heard anything about Fournier, so we'll see what's going on there, but I'm still of the belief, pick up that horn, pick up that phone, I mean, get on the horn and see if there's a veteran guy out there that can come in here and solidify the interior depth because I ain't believing in it right now. Long way to go. So there was, like I said, two Arizona numbers on here. Not sure if it's two different people. 480, the other 480, what's good? What's good, Scott? Hey, okay. thanks for taking the call. No problem. Hey, man. 
I think all the players that you guys were talking about to this point, uh, Turpin and Ball, all that's going to come out in the wash. I ain't too worried about that because you've got some smart coaches that know what to do, especially on the defensive side. I see uh, Dan Quinn being the next uh, coach if uh, all things go to hell in the handbasket this year, uh, the Cowboys. So, but that's not what I want to talk about. I just want to chat with you and get your idea on this, what some folks are referencing as a Texas Coast offense. To me, and I've heard it from other bloggers and other uh, streamers of uh, Dallas Cowboys content, that this is kind of like a combination um, West Coast offense where the Bill Walsh style of dipping and dunking, 10 to 15 plays uh, in scoring, combined with something like uh, Don Coriel, who typically likes to stretch the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not all the time, and this isn't definitive on, on both types of uh, philosophies, if you will, where you stretch or you dip and dunk horizontally. Um, some were saying that even that hasn't been done successfully by a lot of teams or coaches because of the complexity. They're kind of like contradicting one another, West Coast versus a Don Coriel style of stretching the offense. But, um, for example, uh, Sid Gilman, he was one of the first that was successfully able to do that. I was about to say, um, yeah, But I just wanted done. to get your take. Yeah, yes, it has been done. And we all know uh, Montana, as well as Rogers, they loved the West Coast and were very um, capable of executing that. But uh, I just want to get your take. I know that Dak loves that type of an approach. He loves the fast movement, and now that he's going to have some of the playbook in his own hands to do as he sees appropriate at the line, I think that bodes well not only for the West Coast but also for Don Coriel's time. So I'm going to hold, hold right there and get your take on that because I think yeah. philosophy matters when it comes to quarterbacks, and I think this aligns with it as opposed to what Kellen Moore uh, was trying to do did not align with Dak's uh, uh, characteristics, traits, and capabilities. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a very good take on it because you do have Brian Schottenheimer, um, who doesn't come strictly from the West Coast. You know, he's been adapted to different systems, but specifically the the Air Coriel style. So when you hear about the the offense, right, not changing much, the thirty percent, I think some of that thirty percent is horizontal routes, horizontal concepts. But you, if you listen to Schottenheimer's interview uh, press conference at camp, if you didn't, go check that out. We will still have vertical aspects to this game. You listen to, to C.D. Lamb. We're 100% going to be taking vertical shots. But I think within that, there's that saying we always bring up here, touchdown or checkdown. I think the, the very basis and foundation of this offense will be that. It will be a look. We'll build a deep shot within the pass game concept on this play, but we're going to have horizontal movement underneath it. We're going to have easy outlets underneath it as opposed to a lot of static routes, routes where we can get guys moving, catching, and get some yak. So I I don't know how many offensive coordinators maybe combine things, but look, it's 2023. The West Coast offense isn't the West Coast offense of 1982. You know, so I think it's been tweaked, and I go look at a guy like Andy Reid. Andy Reid, for years, did not just run a standard West Coast offense. He tweaked it to where it was also vertical to it. He adapted to what? His players. 
So if if Mike McCarthy can adapt that to his players, who is a players over play type of coach, and you bring in a guy like Brian Schottenheimer, who if you go look at his Seattle Seahawks concepts, it was a lot of open, deep shots down, one-on-ones with guys like uh, Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf due to the to the the scheme, due to the concept. So it, it may sound challenging, right? But I actually welcome it. I welcome a guy like McCarthy who can bring his West Coast principles and a guy like Schottenheimer yeah. who can say, hey, man, these concepts were fantastic getting shots down the field. If we can combine that two, we can make it work. And I think they were doing that. Uh, McCarthy and Schottenheimer said it's been a lot of work. This was months ago when McCarthy talked about it. We've been working our ass off night and day to install an offense that is digestible for these guys and that is good, that is aggressive, attacking, and vertical. So that's why I said yesterday, I'm excited to see them full go. We saw a whip route with a sluggo. What's your name, sir? I'm sorry. Richard. Richard. We saw a whip route with a sluggo, Richard. How many times did you see that last year? Hardly any, if any. Okay, so there's the vertical, right? And then there's the horizontal. There's the underneath, getting the ball to a guy on a move or getting it deep. There's, I feel like there's going to be a combination that actually works for these guys because there's not going to be a whole bunch of thinking mid-route of option routes. Mike McCarthy was not lying when he said, I have never been a part of an offense that was this aggressive across the board with option routes for the receivers. I usually have that design for one player, maybe two. They have that connection with the quarterback. But everybody doing that is too much thinking, man. And, and to that end, uh, let's go back a few years when Zim uh, was coaching the defense before DQ um, got there. It was too complex. It was too complicated. They switched it up from 3443. I can't recall what. Oh, what you're it talking was. about Nolan? You know, you remember that? Yeah, Nolan. I'm sorry. Yeah, Nolan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not Zim. Mike, Mike Nolan. It, I... it was too complicated. <laughs> Too jacked up, yeah. and when they switched it back, Quinn got there. Everyone had a sigh of relief, right? What mm-hmm. do you do? Simplified it. Yep. And same thing's going on with the offense now. Uh, you're hearing all this. Oh, it's much easier now. You hear, oh, I, I know which route. I know my second option. I know my third option. You hear all the boys saying sigh of relief. Why? Because it's much simpler for them to grasp, so that they can go faster. Well, that bodes well on the offense now. You got yep. the defense with Dak, Dan Quinn. Hitting, hitting on all cylinders. Now with the offense, even if the offense produces 15, 15% more, how much more powerful are they going to be? Right. And, and I think you're seeing, you're seeing that happen with the young guys. Jalen Tolbert taking that next mental step because it's not as difficult to grasp. Simi Fehoko, Jalen yeah. Brooks, Jalen Moreno-Cropper. We weren't hearing a whole bunch of young guys. That, it was Dennis Houston, y'all. It was Dennis yeah. Houston because he was just, hey, man, he's catching the ball. No other young guy was just eye-popping last year. But you're seeing yep. Jalen Moreno-Cropper make plays. Jalen Brooks make plays. Tober taking the next step. Simi continue to be, you know, a solid camp guy, which he's been, which we know he got to obviously put that on the field in the regular season. But I want to see what happens when we get to the preseason, right? Because the last couple of years, one thing that has been a problem for the Cowboys, if you remember this, Richard, maybe it's the scheme combined with the quarterbacks, but Cooper Rush, Gilbert, uh, who was who was the other one? Greer. We could hardly get a a sense of what these guys are like because a they weren't getting the ball to them. The, the quarterbacks just weren't performing well in the preseason. And I think maybe it might be a little bit easier to get a, get a sense of what they can do because 
the offense or the, the route combinations will be easier for these wide receivers to grasp. So I'm interested to see these guys when these pads come on against Jacksonville in a couple of weeks. I'm, I'm right there with you. These, these three preseason games that we have, uh, I hope they do get uh, an abundance of opportunity to ferret out um, not only um, a subset of the offense, but the simplicity of it to see that the cue, the, the quarterback is connecting with the wide receivers and the running backs are able to, to make make some grounds. I just felt that last year's and previous year's offenses were just, you, you'd go and do a dip or a dunk and it would go nowhere, consistently go nowhere. Because it was static. That's because they weren't fooling anyone. It was static. They weren't fooling anyone, nor did people understand what their position was and what they were supposed to be doing. So I hope all of that, hopefully this year, at least by the first three games, gets behind us. And we can move on to being a successfully productive offensive unit. And finish. (laughs) Because I didn't like how it it operated towards the end. But but the thing I always said about this style of offense, even with Jason Garrett and and Scott Linehan, it was, I think it's an offense that is highly, highly predicated on having its horses, right? Like if you got an Amari Cooper uh, uh, at, in 2019, you had Amari Cooper and a healthy uh, Michael Gallup. Yeah, you can get some downfield shots. You can you can have those guys make you know plays for you one-on-one because you got those type of dudes. In 2020, when you got Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, yeah, they're going to make you, your offense look better just based off their talent. But how many times have I said over the years, what happens when you get matched talent-wise? What happens when you get matched from a coaching standpoint? Can you out-scheme them? Can, you, can your scheme out-scheme them? Can you out-coach them? And I just never had that belief based off the four years of evidence or three years going into last year that I saw. And then when you take away an Amari Cooper and you're telling me we're going into week one with Dennis Houston, excuse yeah. me, sir, I'm supposed to believe, I'm supposed to believe that's going to work? No. So that was scaring no one. Right. right? Now, you got, no one. now you got the talent that you replaced on top of what you hope is a scheme that, look, man, if, if something happens to one of these guys, they should be able to plug and play. Go look at, and I know everybody's going to say the bad man Aaron Rodgers, but go look at how many wide receivers went in and out of that Green Bay Packers system and were highly productive. Last year, Last year right? He had no one. Well, I'm talking about under, it, it, under he, McCarthy. He, under McCarthy. Under McCarthy. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll go back and check him out too. Oh, Greg yeah, Jennings. That's the, and, and that's the system. A lot yeah. of them is what I'm getting at. A lot of them have come in and out of that system and been highly, highly productive. And not just that system, but West Coast or variations of it because it is something that's supposed to be easy for the quarterback and wide receiver. Hey, Richard, fantastic hey, conversation, bro. Hey, I could sit here and talk nuances in football with you all, all right. day. Appreciate you, man. Likewise. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thank you. you too. Bye. Salute. Man, good good call there. I, I love talking about the O. And again, it's just obviously all talk until we see them get on the field and, and do it. And hell, there, there might be growing pains. There may not be due to McCarthy being here. But I don't know. I, I just have this, this, this gut feeling about it being more efficient and finishing better. That's really where it is to me. You got four and you got these weapons. They're going to put up the numbers regardless, right? But I, I feel like it'll be more efficient and it'll finish better. We ain't cut out, did we? Just saw my computer do something crazy. I think I think this might be Jazz, a.k.a. Lethal on the horn. Is this is this who that is? Uh, no, this is uh, uh, Malcolm. 
is not my bad. I, I saw the name pop up here. I, I thought it was her. What's good, Malcolm? What's happening, guys? Uh, it's been a while since I called into the show. Working school and everything. I've been able to catch a lot of shows lately, but uh, I'm on my lunch break, so I just wanted to call in real quick okay. and talk about, I see you talking about the office today, and I just wanted to talk about how, I guess, how encouraged I am by what I've seen so far and, like, camp highlights and everything from the offense because yeah. I felt like so going into camp <clears throat> that, um, no, I felt like we would be able to get a, like, a, a idea of how the offense, the changes in the offense and everything just based off of how they performed against, you know, Dan Quinn's defense and practice and everything. You know, last year, Dan Quinn, he used to kick Kelly Moore's butt every day in practice. And yeah. Camp. So just seeing – you know, us having some, like, early success in camp against the defense, you know, that's, like I said, I just felt like that's pretty encouraging going forward. And you know, so just being able to build off of that and hopefully get Zach Martin back in here so Josh Ball can go pick up a clipboard and put on a polo. Yeah, we, we, we need to get Zach up. And, look, I don't think Zach's going to miss any games. Eventually, this will come to a resolution. Either they're going to extend him or Zach will report. I don't see it ha- like him missing games. Uh, but as long as he's out there, continue to, to remain healthy, stay in shape, and, and and we know he'll be back here. Because he did say I'll be back soon. So maybe that's a, a hint that, that he'll be returning at some point. But Josh Ball ain't it. So, yeah, we need to get him back. Oh, absolutely. And I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing from the, from the young receivers, too. Like, it seems like all the – but all the guys named Jalen, it seemed like all of them have been like making plays. Facts. So. Cropper, Brooks, Tolbert, all the J- I didn't even realize we had that many Jalens until Jalen Brooks started, you know, showing out down there yeah. in camp. I'm like, damn, we we got a bunch yeah, of Jalens. Yeah. But but yeah, man, it, the, I said this to Jess. The wires, the the kind of down roster battle, you know, four through six or seven. It is competitive, man, and that's what I love to hear. I'm all about these dudes out there competing and winning the spot because they're better, not because uh, somebody got hurt or because of uh, politics. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing. Just seeing being really competitive so far. You know, defense, you know, they're going to be who they are. Micah, he's just insane out there. He looks like he can – line up and get like two sacks in a game right now. But. Yeah. Yeah. Micah's best defensive player in the league, though. I'm, I don't know what else to say about him, bro. <laughs> like, I right. don't know what else right. to say. This guy has MVP potential for defenders and that's hard to do in a league that favors the quarterback and has a guy by the name of Patrick Mahomes in it. Right. And I feel like he's, he's essentially like, you know, we had, we had guys when I worked at, um, you know, I used to work in athletics up in Hampton, Virginia. We had guys, you know, every so often come through, and they were like, you know, like we called them like the heartbeat mm-hmm. of the team. It was like guys that like, you know, everybody like looked like got drew that energy from that from that guy. And I feel like that's how Micah is for this team. He's like the heartbeat. Like he's gonna wheel these guys as far as he can take them. And it's like just jump on my back. I agree. He said, "I'm taking y'all deep in the waters. You better be able to swim." Hey, man, appreciate the call. I'm going to get to this last one, and we're going to head out of here. We in OT, big time. All right, peace, man. Yes, sir, salute. Last call of the day, we got The conference Chris has been locked. From Alaska. Yo. What's good, Chris? I'm doing all right, man. 
I just want to talk about a couple of things about this offense and uh, Dak. One thing I really like about the, what Mike McCarthy's been saying is like him saying he's going to let Dak take control of the offense. And the the thing is, is he did the thing with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, but Aaron Rodgers took advantage of it. If you know what I mean, because that was part of the reason why he left is because Aaron he kept audible audibling too much. You know what I mean? Oh, well, Even though he like. So I think really what happened there in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers outgrew McCarthy. You know, it got to a point where where A Rod outgrew him, and it needed to change. Thirteen years in one spot. You know, it's gonna happen. He even admitted that you know he he got stale, and that's why he took that year off to try to understand the league again or what have you. So I think there's there's two yeah, sides well, to it. Aaron Rodgers was still a, a pos, right? Like he wasn't an easy person to work with. I mean, look, him and Lafleur are having were having issues. So it wasn't all McCarthy, but there is some fault to McCarthy. Yeah. And the, the other thing I wanted to say is, like, with all the hate Dak gets, you know, it just comes with being a Cowboy, obviously. But I think the worst Cowboys fan that I hate are the ones that are don't like Dak yet, like, love Romo and think that Romo was way better. But I'm not saying Romo was bad by any means. But I just hate when they say, like, Romo was way better, is way, was way better yeah, than Dak. Yeah, when you can look, they have the exact same playoff record, and if you look yeah. at stats while they're in the playoffs, Dak's a way better playoff quarterback in the playoffs. You know yes. what I mean? Um, it, it just frustrates me because my because my best friend is a big Tony Romo guy, and he hates Dak. Like I can go, I can explain you, to him why Dak is so asinine to me, bro. How can you? Love yep. that one and not, and hate the other one. Yeah, that's right. So um, he's like, and every time I try to talk to him, he just gets mad. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. Like he just gets mad. Uh, look, everybody got but, their guy. Okay, everybody has their guy. Yeah, I, I have no problem with I that. I get that. But it just makes no sense how you're gonna love Romo so much but hate Dak. Here's what we Cause need. Because all, all he says, all he says is Dak's ass, this and that. Like it's. It's just annoying. I can't even talk football with them, and we're a fan of the same Cannot team. talk it's football sad. with those people because they don't care. Uh, and, and what sucks is if yeah. he does get it done, like, you can't enjoy that with us. Because and that's, yeah, that's why I told him, like, there's I'm one, like if, if Dak goes out and wins the Super Bowl for us, I don't want to hear you saying I was always riding with no, Dak. Like, no. There's one thing to have to have skepticism about a player, right? There's one thing to say, hey, man, I don't think he, you know, I'm skeptical on this or I'm doubting this or I, I, yeah. I need him to do better. But but there's another thing to completely say this mother effer sucks when obviously he doesn't. And then when he does exactly. win yeah. games, I have, you're nowhere to be found. You're quiet. You don't celebrate with it because you can't because you know why you're secretly rooting for him to suck. <laughs> so you can revel in that negativity and miserable uh, aspect of your life. So that you can say, ah, see, he sucks. But when he doesn't, yeah, see, you're absent. You're quiet. You're gone. Exactly. Like, you're like, you scab, was, like a, just, lights just, come on like a roach. I think that's whack yeah, to just, me. Because those who support the quarterback, said, hold on, Chris. Those who support the quarterback, we ain't going nowhere. You know, if he plays well, we here. If he doesn't, we here. Because we got to fight y'all off that hate the guy so damn much. But the right. thing about the Romo and Dak thing, we need a damn win. This is why we need to win. Why on God's green earth are we still talking about a quarterback 
who hasn't played a real season in almost 10 years. Exactly. What other yeah, organization my, my is talking out, about their quarterback I, from a decade ago? Yeah. And I'm, I love Romo, even though I didn't get to watch a lot of them. Cause I didn't start watching football until about 2014. But, like, I, I liked Romo. I just, if he was more of like, a, I'm skeptical, I want him to show more, I don't mind that. It's just the saying that it's he's so same, bad and this bro, and that. It's the same thing with Tony. Like, it's literally the same thing. These yeah. dudes are talented quarterbacks that didn't finish. Now, one story yeah. is written, it's over, books closed. The other story is still being written on the team you supposedly love. And this is why I hate social media. Not hate it, but this is why social media is weird nowadays. Because I didn't know these type of people existed. Because the fans that I was around, it wasn't about just cheering on players just because they're on your team. But it was about cheering for the team because those players were on your team. You get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not cheering an individual person, but I'm cheering for this damn team. So when they do good, we're going to celebrate that. If they do bad, we're going to talk about that and figure the hell out what we got to do to get better. But I swear for goodness, if the Cowboys get this thing done, I used to say I'm going to lose friends. I ain't going to lose friends. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to lose subscribers and followers because all of y'all that really secretly want this team to fail because of the guy that's leading the team. Listen, I'm going to have to turn the monetization off. I'm take all the kids out the room. Cover your ears because I'm going to hell off on y'all specifically. Yeah, that, yeah. I digress. I'm getting a little. We go, we go. Yeah, we go off and win a Super Bowl. Like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be like, I'm just gonna yell at my grand. And be like, where are you now? Like you shouldn't even be able to celebrate this Super Bowl because nah, you ain't back stay so in much. the corner because you ain't really rooting for us. You're rooting to be yeah. right. So stay over I always there. Tell if, if you ain't, I always tell them if you ain't Dax so much, go root for another team. Like, it's clear as day. Just do that. You know? There's no point in hating on a player. You're right, that Chris. That is let, let, giving us good winnings and no uh, losing seasons. Like, sense. Look, context don't matter to these fools. It, it, it does not matter, Chris. And, and all I'm going to do is keep getting fired up about it. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this thing up, Chris. I appreciate you, big dog. All right, man. Great show, man. Salute. Bye. Miss Facts. I used to want to call all these people out, but it's social media, man. It's way too many. I'm not fighting that no more. I've spent so many years, the Romo years, and then most of the DAC years. Like, bro, we y'all really think we y'all really think that's the only reason why this ain't getting done in 30 years? Get out your mind. But okay, if and when it happens, <laughs> better I. You better run. You better hide. What did my man say on Iron Man 3? Go get your barking dog. Go get your president. Go get your Go get whatever you want, Mr. President, because I'm coming. All right? And the beautiful thing about it, if it doesn't happen, I'm always here. But y'all be gone. You know why? Because you can't celebrate with us. And I'm just talking about when we're going through the week, week by week, when we win and as fans, because if you're a real fan, you're celebrating this dub, man. You hype. You're going into work. You're talking trash. You're feeling good. A Cowboys dub, you know, going into work is a whole different feeling. Vosh like to say the water tastes different because it does. But it's probably sour to you. 
Another thing I find funny that I saw from one of those fans. One of them said, you know, I don't even care about the interceptions as long as he wins. Lies! How many times did we win last year? And he threw interceptions. Y'all came on here and said, I don't care. Dak sucked. I didn't want to do this. I don't even like this conversation. Because it ain't really football talk. It's all emotions. And I'll leave it at that, man. Iceberg said King K would be insane. This he said King K in this offense would have been illmatic insane. Look, man, King K. Look, I said this to you during the draft, Iceberg. I, I don't know. What is it? What is it with you and King K is a good player. If King K was on this team, he'd be a good player. I never disputed that. I don't give a damn. I'm not taking a tight end in the first round. I didn't want to take a tight end in the second round. I feel good about our group. I feel good about our, oh, I'm not worried about my offense because of the tight end. You got plenty of weapons to work with here. Personally, I feel about it. If King K was here, would be fantastic. If B. John Robin was here, would be fantastic. If Darnell was here, would be, you know what I mean? There's whole, a whole bunch of players like that, bro. The draft was four months ago. What are we talking about Kincaid being here for? We got multiple training camp practices, and you worried about Dalton Kincaid? You want to be right. Forgot who I was dealing with. All right. Did I get to all the super chats? I believe I did. I don't like to have these type of shows because these type of shows is for the ESPNs of the world where Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, this guy sucks, Tony Romo. That's whack, man. I I, I try to have shows where we have thought-provoking engagement, real quality conversations. So I apologize for those that came here for that. (laughs) And y'all had that rant for the last 20 minutes. Uh, let me see. I did not get them all. It was a, a bunch of y'all came through low key. All right. Super chat. Appreciate you. Uh, John Phelps dropped five said Cowboys rule everything around me. Cream. Dollar, dollar, get that trophy. Dollar, dollar bill. Y'all facts. John. Appreciate you. Super chat. Never pull out Shaq. Sky going to be wearing the new black force, <laughs> new black forces on ESPN. I don't even look, man. I don't even, I used to want to be on ESPN when I was a buck. But now that I understand it, I wouldn't be able to to speak what I want to talk about on those shows. Because that's not what they want. They want back and forth. They want to they want you to fight about. They want to insult your intelligence, essentially. Some of them shows, though, smooth, but some of them uh, black line super chat. He dropped one, said Micah looked like. Look like LT tossing Lomas Brown in the 90s. Yo, Mike, Micah is different, man. Somebody said if Micah was the best player, he'd have a defense player of the year. I'd argue you could add one already, but, you know, it is what it is. And then Tyrone Melton. Super chat. He dropped one and said, at the new job, can't call in for a while until I'm out of training. Oh, good luck, brother. And congratulations on the new job. Just showing love. How are you feeling mentally, spiritually, and physically, bro? Man... I'm going to tell you guys one day, but I am feeling fantastic on all of those accounts working on the physical, you know, back in the gym and stretching and whatnot, man. The older you get, the more important it is to stretch. I'm learning that, but really great news personally uh, that I, that is soon I will share with you guys, man. So that's pretty cool. 
And I digress, man. Oh, you good, Iceberg? Get Mozzie was better. Why are we talking about Kim K? Man? Look, I welcome it. I welcome it. Just because I put together, you know, this type of show does not mean I won't go into that bag, Shaq. Does not mean I won't go into it. But good stuff today, y'all. Uh, we in super overtime, about to hit 11 o'clock. Somebody complained about the shows being long the other day. They not complaining. We still have 600-something people up here, so obviously we must be doing something right. Yes, we will not have two-hour, three-hour shows all the time, but, man, it's pad week. It's Cowboys training camp. There's so much to talk about. We get fantastic guests on here. We get engaging, you know, fans in the chat, even if I don't agree with them. We, we still talking in here. We get the phone calls. Everybody seems to like it, so we're going to keep rocking, y'all. Tomorrow, another big show. Make sure y'all come through. Later, we back on the volume. Vosh and Barty Live. Make sure y'all come through. And then tonight, Mo will be on. Make sure y'all come through. Hit up A to Z Sports Dallas.com too. All of our writers are continuing to hold it down there as well. Get your realness here with the creators, man. We're wrapped. We out here.